This is a Clutch Picks Sports Betting Podcast, Week 10 NFL Picks. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and I'm joined by the Scores Lead Betting Analyst, Mr. Matt Russell. And I got to say, you know what? I'm maintaining the high vibes, you know? I talked about the wave for the whole season. Keep preaching the wave because you got to understand it's up and down. It's up and down. And right now, I'm trying to climb my way back up. Right. Trying to climb my way back up. Last week, another tough week, but we, we grind out and we finish off with another sub 500 week. Oh, okay. Six and eight week. But you know what? We keep the vibes high. We keep pushing forward because we know that we're going to finish strong on the year. And I want to use this as an example because last week is a football week. And I know I'm, I'm going off a little here off at the beginning here. But it was a football week because I actually looked up as I was watching the end of the Houston Texans game. And you know you're battling to get an over 500 week. And you have the Texans favored by two and a half points. And you've watched their kicker go down. And you've watched them consistently go for two and fail. And then you finally watch them go for a field goal with their running back who makes said field goal. And you're thinking, you know what? I might actually get something to bounce my way today. You know, kickers, he's running off calm and cool. I'm like, all right, we got something here. Then they score a touchdown at the end of the game. And I'm thinking, whoa, they're going to cover this. This is incredible. And then I notice, wait, are they going for two? Why are they going for two? Mm -hmm. They're up by two points. This makes no Wait, they're going to kneel? <laughs> What's happening right now? <laughs> And after that split second of, I have them by two and a half, they're winning by two, and they're going to kneel with seconds left on the clock to not cover. I just thought, you know what? How can I be? I can't be mad at that. No. That's just football being football being football. And that's why we ride on into the next week. We're happy because there's another week to fight another day. And I say all that in my long-winded introduction to you, Mr. Matt Russell. How are you feeling heading into week 10 of the NFL uh, season? I'm all right. Um, I know I gave you a lot there. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a lot to work with there, but uh, but I think it's worth discussing. Um, six and eight's not bad. I went six and eight last week. I don't know if we necessarily had the exact same picks. Do you have Dallas plus three? I did. Yeah. So, I mean, think about those two games, right? Where, like, you're going to be hard-pressed to tell me that Dallas plus three wasn't the right side in that Philadelphia game, right? And, <laughs> I mean, and obviously circumstances, right? Whether it's, like, goal line, you know, situation, Dak, incapable. Dak, just being Dak. Just one of the least athletic things I think <laughs> I've ever seen from a guy who's very athletic. Like, I'm not saying Dak's not, you know, unathletic. I'm saying that was, like, really one of the least athletic things I've ever seen on a football field from a guy that you, you know, I, you know, you hate to be like screen capture guy, but like you screen capture that one. And you're like, how does this dude not get to the end zone? Because honestly, I watch a lot of football and I watch a lot of guys who are really good at diving for the pylon. And you're like, Oh, he had to been out of bounds. And you're like, Nope, that guy wasn't out of bounds. Whereas like Dak, you're like, well, he had to have been in and you're like, Nope, he somehow was out of bounds. So I'm kind of getting away from the point here. But like, if you take those two games where like Houston, you're sitting there going like, yeah, you know, I think Houston's going to win. The line's two and a half. Like, why would I, you know, sort of, I'm not going to take the money line necessarily, and I'm certainly not going to take the Buccaneers. But the only sort of pushback element that I will sort of say is, you know, for one, it's worth mentioning that is the absolutely right play to to grab the ball and kneel no, it. No, 
I'll and, and I'm not, and I know you're not saying that that it isn't. <laughs> I was at least sort of intrigued by, by the idea. And again, the point of them kneeling down is because with I think there was six seconds left, but kind of anything under ten seconds, you know that they the other team's not going to be able to line up for a field goal, right? They're never mm -hmm. going to get to a point where the ball is inside of a field goal range. You're, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose by a miracle touchdown situation, whether that's off of a line of scrimmage player, off of the kickoff, right? So you know that the only thing that you can screw up at this point is a fumble, interception, or block kick being returned for two points if you go for the two-point conversion. The one thing I did think of, though, because you see all these dumb coaches, and that's the sort of the fundamental <laughs> thing that gets me angry on a week-to-week -week basis, is like, 80% of the coaches there like don't know that you're supposed to kneel it out. We saw Ryan Day do that in college football in a pretty prominent game when Ohio State beat Notre Dame in a very similar situation where he just went and like firing off extra points. It's like, yeah, you got away with it because, yeah, they're probably not going to block that kick or you're probably going to be able to execute that to even just get that off. Because, again, you don't have to make the kick. You just have to kick the kick. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a penalty on Tampa Bay. And they could have not just gone for it from the, you know, two and a half yard line. They could have gone for it from the one yard line. So the part of me where I was like, man, maybe, you know, because, you know, half these coaches are so new, you don't really know their history. I'm like, maybe D'Amico Ryans is so dumb that he's going to just be like, yeah, let's put it on the one. And because we've been going for it for two, three times because they had to, maybe we'll just run this thing in. And that's the one thing that kept my hopes up. Because mm -hmm. as I'm watching that entire drive, I'm realizing that unless this happens, you know, a lot quicker than it's happening. Yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. know, it needs to happen sort of with 20 seconds left. Once we mm -hmm. kind of hit the 20, you know, 15 second mark, it was like, oh, okay, well, it doesn't matter right now if the Texans score or not. We're not going to be able to get the cover. Effectively, that cover died when Baker Mayfield went down the field on Houston. And that's the thing that if you're going to be oh, mad we'll about, get to Baker. Like, that's the disappointing part. So the kicking thing, it's like they had, they were one out of three on two-point conversions. Uh, so out of an expected three points that they're supposed to get on PATs, they got two of them. So it's like, okay, well, there was a lost point there. But what I haven't heard anybody really mention is that they got a Dalton Schultz touchdown on fourth and eight when they were, yeah. you know, when they would have normally gone for a field goal there. So they got four extra points right mm -hmm. there because of the whole that whole deal. So effectively getting, you know, kind of netting three extra points than they normally would have if they had just done the, you know, had a kicker and just done the conservative thing over and over and over again. So, yeah. you know, you kind of rework the math that way. And obviously maybe some game script gets a little bit changed along the way there. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, Oh, the kicker got hurt. We didn't cover. It was honestly, it was, it was a defensive issue. Right. And when you, when, you, sure. when your quarterback throws for 470 yards, you should probably cover two and a half pretty comfortably. So I wouldn't beat yourself up about a six and eight record uh, that probably could have and should have been eight and six. Yeah, I mean, listen, I just I'm just waiting for the wave to come back in my direction where the football stuff goes in my favor. That's all. That's all. Oh, and yeah, maybe listen. week ten's at time. Let's go, right? It's what November eighth, and uh, I'm sitting here waiting to get like a defensive or special teams touchdown to go my way <laughs> in both college and the NFL. Like, I know this is like the type of thing that like everybody complains about. Like, oh, I never get this. I never... Outside of Steelers games, which like I bet on the Steelers and they manage to get defensive touchdowns like more than half the time. Honest to God, every Saturday, Sunday, it's just getting pummeled with punt returns and fumbles and all that kind of stuff where you're just like, you know, there's no way to track it because I bet on so many games over the course of the year. And like, I'm not tracking every single score and this, that or whatever. So like, you're just going to have to take my word on this. 
it's just outrageous the amount of and, and i'm still like head above water like i'm still profitable for the season and i'm like yeah. oh my god i'd be so rich if like if just defensive and special teams touchdowns just evened out so maybe for the last couple of months this season we're getting an avalanche of defensive and special teams touchdowns to go our way but uh you know sometimes somehow i doubt that so game plan for this season start strong finish strong that's that's a goal here that's a goal here and just Week get 10. lucky you know <laughs> which you can't control you no. just can't week 10 of the NFL, but that's why we love it so much too. Like that's how the NFL keeps sucking me back in. Cause you know why two Bro. days later, there's more All games right. on the way. And All even right. though it's Panthers bears, I'm still going to be there yeah. picking one side or the next. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, week 10 NFL season, we got four teams on the bye: chiefs, Rams, dolphins, and Eagles, some heavy hitters there, you know, which means that we got some pretty, not so heavy hitters around as well. So yeah. we'll start on Thursday night football. As always, we have on Thursday night, the Panthers at the bears. And I did a double take there because I wasn't sure. I looked at something and I was like, wait, is that right? No, it is actually right. The Panthers at the bears are a primetime game. Why? I don't know, but all of the games that are in their own separate window are not very good this week. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we will yeah. all be watching together or or I might advise you to just make your pick. And then, you know what? Maybe have a movie night. Maybe have a date night. <laughs> Maybe yeah. go, you know, get some Christmas shopping early. Start on Christmas shopping or something. I don't know. You know, we're not going to do that, though. No, I'm going to be right there on my couch watching right. the Panthers and the Bears. Bears at home favored by four points. Short week for two bad teams. One of them laying more than a field goal. So my early lean is to take the points in this situation because I'm struggling to realize a life in which I can take the Bears by more than a field goal against anyone. So my question to you is two things. Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the bears? Yeah. Is it Justin Fields or not? How much does that matter? And where do the Panthers qualify on our scale of versus anyone? Yeah, right. No, that's a really good point. Okay. So we'll get to both those questions in a second here, but hold up. I'm going to cook. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about the NFL in general because I have this thing that I need to get off this off my chest. And the Bears, this game and it being in prime time and the Bears' general existence and the, what happened in the Bears game against the Saints is actually sort of the jumping off point for this because we watch, you know, I, I hope most of the people on here who listen, they're probably watching a lot of games, right? And maybe they're just a red zone guy. And honestly, the proliferation of red zone culture in the NFL is brutal because all that we see, right, is fantasy points, touchdowns, and all, and essentially all the good stuff. But if you're sitting there like I am with five screens every Saturday and every Sunday, and particularly every Sunday, because listen, college football, like there's an expectation of kind of general malfeasance in college football, like the expectations for quality are generally low, except for when you get a game like a USC Washington or an Alabama LSU. And you're just like, wow, like this is really, really fun. These guys are awesome. Like it's not getting marred by a bunch of nonsense. Then you flip on the NFL and in the morning you get honestly a really underwhelming Miami Kansas City game. But because it's Miami and because it's Kansas City, like it is just compelling whether or not one team gets a th three touchdown lead or not, right? Because it's the NFL, and these are sort of two of the top teams, and we're expecting to maybe see a playoff rematch uh, come January. And then you sit and you watch the selection, the smorgasbord of games over the course of Sunday. All five, you know, you know, five games at a time, flipping around to the other 
sort of games. And, and honestly, like Cleveland and Arizona, not even a real football game. So it's like the good news is you can just like remove that entirely from from your board. But like, what if we were forced to watch that game? Right. What if that was a Thursday night game? What if that was a Sunday night game? Right. But it's like, no, we get to ignore that that game ever happened. We get to ignore that game exists, along with honestly, what, four of the other six games where there was just absolute nonsense across the board. And then you can kind of focus in on the best one. And so, like, we sit there by the time Philadelphia and Dallas rolls around, everybody's talking about, like, what a classic. What a great game. And I'm just like, are you watching the same product that I'm watching? Because this is actually awful. And I realize these two teams are two of the better teams, but they were wildly disappointing in how they played that game, how that game is officiated, how that game was coached, right? And so every week it almost is a, is sort of like a, um, you know, a rotating thing of like, what's the worst? Is it the officials this week? Is it the coaching this week? Is it the players this week? Sometimes it's kicker week where none of the kickers can make a kick. We haven't had kicker week yet. So just in case you're, you know, ready <laughs> or you're not ready, there might be just an, like a flurry of missed kicks this weekend. Why? Just randomness, right? Everybody complains about the tush push being a thing. And you know what the NFL does secretly so that nobody will, nobody will notice because it'll never be on red zone. But every time a team lines up for a tush push, what happens? A call that has never been called prior to basically last week offensive offside <laughs> offensive offside was not a thing false start is a thing illegal motion is a thing you know etc cetera, etc cetera, right illegal formation is a thing but all of a sudden on fourth and ones or three and ones only offensive offside is a thing and every time every time it's called because apparently the guard's head is a little bit too far right <laughs> over the ball because all these teams who are trying to do the tush push thing have have told their guards you need to be closer to the defensive lineman that their officials go nope that's illegal boom sorry you're bumped back to fourth and six or third and six and that's how the NFL has gotten rid of the tush push, except Philadelphia is still the only team who can do it for the reasons that we've always mentioned up to this mm -hmm. point. Jalen Hurts squats a billion pounds, right? He can move the, the pile as much as the offensive lineman can, right? And so the, so the NFL is trying to sort of screw everybody back into, into place here by not doing this. But I'm watching these games and everybody's like thrilled about the Dallas Philadelphia game. I'm like the game that nobody wanted to win. Like I understand that's entertaining in a technical way but those entertaining games are supposed to be minnesota atlanta right washington new england the dregs right those are supposed to be entertaining because of the ineptitude and the inability of anybody to actually make a play make a call or you know have any sort of strategy you know correct strategy right dak prescott's getting lauded even your man stephen a smith is praising dak prescott i'm like did you watch the same game that i did like oh he didn't throw an interception is that what you're telling me cool but like maybe throw the ball into the end zone on fourth down maybe as we mentioned like get the ball inside the pylon like that was a garbage football game that just happened to be close and after watching 10 other games for seven hours like we're like these depraved like prisoners that are being just given food at that point we're just like yeah like i'll just i'll eat it all up right and then it's like oh cincinnati buffalo that's going to be exciting and it's like yeah, I mean, the one bomb thrown deep, like, was nowhere near, you know, completed to Jamar Chase and, like, almost got him hurt. And all these other plays, and again, the same kind of stuff pops up. But the thing that I want to sort of mention here is sometimes this is even as bad as broadcasting. And this is a deep pull, but in the Saints-Bears game, there was a play, Tyson Bagent takes off. And this is why this is important for this game, or at least sort of a jumping off point for this game. Tyson Bagent takes off and he goes running for the first down mark. I believe it was on fourth down. 
and he stretches out and he reaches. And it's pretty clear that he reaches the ball on the sideline at the first down mark. And the line person comes in uh, and she grabs the ball and she marks him like a full yard and a half backwards. And it's like, oh, we're going to have to take a look at this because that is not where the ball was. She's at a bad angle. And honestly, like gender doesn't necessarily matter here. So I'll just keep calling, you know, the people, the lines person here. So the lines person is at a bad angle and, and can't sort of see necessarily. And then the guy who's further down, right? And because nobody is on the first down line, because that would make too much sense for somebody to be standing on the first down line. The guy who's 10 yards downfield, the, the official, he comes running in and he's talking to her and he's like, yeah, I really got to tell you, I think that, that that spot is a lot further on. And so they're just discussing it. And, he's, and it's clear as day. You can go back and watch the, you know, the replay. I believe it was in the fourth quarter. I, was, I saw it. I was watching and Somehow. he comes in. Why was he, I watching that? <laughs> well, because the cover was in doubt, right? It was one of like three games where the cover was in doubt late. And like we had a pretty significant position on the Bears, or at least I certainly did. And I was hoping they were going to pull the game out, right? You know, the win uh, outright. And so he comes in, they have the conversation and she takes the ball and she moves the ball ahead to the first down mark. And the broadcast, who's been watching this whole thing, the same way that I have, along with four other games from my couch at home, the broadcast goes, what a great play. And they start calling her by name. And it's all just like this uplifting thing. What a great play by Maya to like, uh, you know, see the spot was wrong and change the spot and have like the fourth. It's like she screwed the spot up and he comes in and, and tells her that she messed the spot up. And yeah. then, and she grabs the ball and respots it. Cause like, I don't know, I guess that's her responsibility with regards to like the mechanics of, of the officials, but it's like, she didn't overrule him. Like, what are you people watching at this point? And so the point is, is that even if the broadcasters who are focused and locked in on one game, can't mm -hmm. even describe to you the things that are happening in the game, like what is the expectation for any of this stuff? The quality yeah. of any of this stuff? Cause the coaches are making mistakes. We don't even trust D'Amico Ryans to go for two. We're surprised when he correctly does it. Like how sad is that? right? We can't believe that CJ Stroud as a rookie would throw for 470 yards because we can't fathom any other quarterback basically doing it in this day and age. Unders are hitting at like 62%. Al Michaels is checked out for Thursday night games. That guy doesn't care. Like the product is horrendous. And we haven't even gotten to like the Chargers Jets game on Monday night. And so all that is to say like, yes, man, plus four, your point is correct. Carolina, <laughs> Chicago, all, these two teams are basically the same, except for one of them just has, happens to be like slightly more competitive on like a week to week basis. And the idea that Justin Fields comes in and like this line should be about based on the spreads from last week, right? With Tyson Bajan, who, by the way, Tyson Bajan would be a really good quarterback, except for he's missing two fundamental skills, arm strength and accuracy. Other than that, Tyson Bajan is actually a very good quarterback, but in the NFL, unfortunately, those two things are pretty important. I know that sounds like I'm making fun of him. I know no, no. he just can't throw the ball deep and he can't throw the ball accurately with any sort of velocity. He can get into place. He knows where the ball's supposed to go. He can yeah. scramble out of the pocket. He can get first downs he actually knows where the first down marker is before he slides which honestly at this point i don't know that 70 70 of guys can even do that i'm willing to bet that based on the fact that he was able to get that first down on that one play he'd probably be able to get the ball inside the pylon which is something more advanced than what six-year veteran dak prescott can do so the point is it's like he's probably good enough to quarterback this honestly pretty bad bears team and I don't know that Justin Fields is any real better than him. 
And the fact that this line, as Justin Fields, like, theoretically gets healthier over the course of this week and it gets closer, closer to him playing, that's what's seen this line go from three to three and a half and now up to four in most places because it's like he's, like, seconds away. And honestly, by the time you listen to this, he's probably going to be ruled in, or at least that's the indication of this line. So if you are listening to this, or hopefully you got to this earlier, like Carolina plus four is good enough for me. Because even if this goes up to four and a half or five, you're not necessarily losing anything. And if for, you know, re- I shouldn't say for some reason, if the reason is that Justin Fields isn't ready to fully grip a football and can't play this week, then this line is going to be headed back underneath a field goal. And obviously there's a ton of value from that standpoint, right? So like the point is this should be about one and a half with Bajan or based on the lines that we saw from last week. And listen, Carolina got smoked. Bryce Young's not very good. Obviously nobody else. And listen, half the league isn't very good. Throws two, you know, pick sixes. I thought the defense was pretty good against the, you know, with the Panthers. So you're going to get one of these crappy low scoring games. Shocker. I mean, what are totals right now in primetime games this season? Like basically undefeated almost at this point. Mm -hmm. You're going to get, you know, points are going to be at a premium. Neither team's particularly any good at scoring. It's going to come down to randomness, stupid coach move, ball bouncing the correct way. You know, speaking of the Chargers on Monday, just getting every bounce and manageable for the first, for the first quarter of that game. And it's like, yeah. And you're just going to be like, yeah, I don't know. I'm either 1-0 and 0-1 and or 0-1 to start. But as we always do, right, we're just trying to get the best of the number. Once we've hit four here, the difference between four, four and a half, five, not really all that important. And if you're telling me that Justin Fields is going to bump this line all the way up to six, guess what? I'm going to bet it again. So Carolina plus four is certainly the bet. And then maybe again, if it happens to get to six, that's fine. If it drops down underneath three, by the way, and maybe it gets down to like a pick em type situation or a minus one, probably bet the Bears and try to middle the game and just sit there and hope this ends on a field goal and hopefully no kicker gets hurt. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, Panthers plus four there. Interesting one to see. Thursday night football. I might be watching the NBA that night. I can't lie to you, my dude. Wouldn't blame you. <laughs> we switch gears here, and I'll definitely be tuning into this because Debo should be back here for my Niners as they are three-point favorites in Jacksonville against the Jags. Um, Debo should be back. Trent Williams, not really sure yet, but we do know that the offense did not look the same ever since Debo was not involved. And it's not so much about Debo himself, but it's just about where all the other pieces fit into that Niners offense. So we're interested to see that, right? Niners also coming off a bye. Shanahan, good coach, getting a bye week, maybe get to settle down some of the noise with your boy Brock Purdy and all that. I don't know. I like the Niners here. The Jags in this game, the Jags have been playing well. They've been playing really well, but I feel like this is a game where the numbers might dictate that I should be taking the home dog Jags, but I don't think the Jags are as good as the Niners at full strength. So I'm okay with the number being at three. It's not over a field goal. So I'll take the three with the Niners laying three points on the road, fresh off a bye week. I like that. Yeah, so as we sort of talk about in the in the form of like ratings, right, to sort of understand, because you obviously mentioned like you think the 49ers are better than the Jags. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> part of the thing, right, has the 49ers rating is kind of slowly crept down. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the mini version of Joe Burrow and the Bengals, where it's like, are they is the rating moving down because of the play on the field or is the rating moving down because the play on the field relative to circumstance is a problem, but that circumstance is about to change. And so Debo's already said that he's coming back, right? The assumption is that Trent Williams is coming back. Brock Purdy, 
I don't know what the deal was with that, you know, the whole concussion. Does he have a concussion? Does he have, not have a concussion? Whatever. But after a full two weeks and him obviously playing in that game, like, I think we can say that hopefully any sort of idea of him having a concussion or any sort of lingering effects of a concussion that, by the way, probably kept him out of a, a certain degree of uh, practice that week are probably gone. Throw in a you know third third straight loss off of a bye week. All of the sort of recipe is there. I always rather to play rather play a team. Excuse me, who's coming out of a bye week? I rather play that team to kind of be the opposite of where they were when they came in, right? So if you go in playing really well like the Jaguars, like you probably don't really want a bye week. And when you go in playing kind of poorly, or obviously a lot of that being circumstance like the 49ers, like you probably could use the bye week, especially if health is the issue, right? Yeah. So this number is actually pretty fair because obviously it indicates the 49ers being on the road are the better team because they are favored on the road. Now, is this some road environment where you're like, oh man, it's going to be overwhelming for the old 49ers. Like it's not Cleveland in gale force winds, right? This isn't indoors against the Vikings and like, you know, Kevin O'Connell, like at his absolute uh, peak this is you know a pretty hungry 49ers team that's like you know i don't want to say they have to win this game because that's certainly not the case but like they're probably feeling like they have to right within the, mm -hmm. within within the building whereas the jags like they look around and they go like yeah still not afraid of the texans and nor are we afraid of the colts right and again like we always kind of talk about this and like maybe we'll just keep losing when the when the jags pull off victories against like you know the steelers and the saints of the world which are somehow giving them credit um to sort of be within a field goal here of of the 49ers it's like no this is this is weight class man and i think you know and this is this doesn't necessarily kind of involve this in the jaguars because i think the jaguars are probably too good um for where i'm looking to kind of play the uh the mismatch types you know this season where there's kind of creating a divide here and the jags are kind of at the bottom end of the top tier because there's not really any mediocre average teams yeah. right now right like it's kind of separating where it's like you're either kind of good or you're kind of bad and like even the teams that we thought might be kind of average and it's funny like the Steelers are kind of blowing that out of the water where like I think they're a below average team they just kind of keep winning the right Seahawks. and the well you know what and I think the Seahawks are like that one team that are kind of like could go either way still right <laughs> from a rating perspective I have them at a 52 we'll, we'll get um, there we'll get there we'll get there. yeah yeah well oh, yeah trust me we're gonna get there um, but like, so normally in this case where it's like, well, if a top, if you just divide these two, these teams into tiers and you have a top tier and a bottom tier, normally I would want to take the points with kind of anybody sharing a tier, right? So like, if you're in the top tier against the top tier, just give me the points. If you're in the bottom tier against the bottom tier, just give me the points. Kind of like how we just discussed with Thursday. It's just the circumstance here with the 49ers, right? And yeah. like, and I think sometimes 49ers, like fans like yourself, like you gotta be watching the 49ers, like when they're good. And then watching other teams play and just being like, my team is so much better than this. And it you must come as a surprise when they lose games because it's like, I know it sort of feels like the 49ers play bad against the Browns or the Vikings or even the Bengals. But honestly, I thought they played pretty well. They just, you know, sometimes you play teams that are like literally playing to the top of their range, Bengals, mm -hmm. Vikings, or then there's just some sort of other weird circumstance like the Browns, right? Like, I don't think they were playing that badly. The 49ers, I still think, are maybe the best team in the league along with the Chiefs. So anytime they play, quote unquote, badly, like it never looks as bad as some of these other teams when it looks bad for them. Yeah, and I think it's having the understanding of what the team is too, right? Like we weren't riding the wave of when, you know, the whole ESPN hype machine of is Brock Purdy, could he be in the MVP race? Like that stupid take. So when that goes 
a wall and goes crazy yeah. and then the flip side happens and it's like time, is brock yeah. purdy one of the worst quarterbacks in the league it's like no Five it's, Five right? Time, right yeah yeah it's just neither it's just he's solid they have a really good coach and you have all these pieces these offensive weapons that give you mismatches and shanahan's good at picking on the mismatch and when you remove one of those pieces it's not going to be as good yeah. it's i don't know it didn't seem that complicated to me but again that's this is what goes back to what you're saying earlier about the red zone culture, right? And like watching actual games. And I'm, you know, I'm not bragging about watching my favorite team play. Right. What I'm saying is having the understanding of, you know, what's going on with the team versus, okay, they've lost three in a row. Is it time to panic? Is it time to like, do we think about bringing in Sam Darnold? You're right. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Niners would, minus three. That would be so much fun. That would be so interesting to watch Sam Darnold. And I'm not, that's certainly not a good yeah, thing. Yeah. I know Niners. what you're saying. saying no, no, no. That. I know what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I want to know what the drop off is. I'm it's like, could Sam Darnold perform in Kyle Shanahan's yeah. offense? Yeah. 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 Because yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I have faith that with most quarterbacks, I'm like, I. I don't feel I think that that's what Brock Purdy is. Well, Jimmy, right? like your guy Jimmy G failing miserably in Las Vegas doesn't really help the Brock Purdy argument because it's always Jimmy G went to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. right? With the 49ers. And like Jared Goff succeeding with the Lions, like it's like, yeah, he went to the Super Bowl with the Rams and now he's succeeding with the with the Lions. And you're like, mm -hmm. The Lions are just, or at least when he got there, were just as disheveled and a mess Hell as yeah. the Raiders were, right? And obviously you get bring in a way, 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 hang on, way, way, way better coach, then <laughs> like things are going to probably go a little bit better. But right, like just the idea that like Jimmy G was at least functional and got them to the playoffs and deep into the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, and then gets to like anywhere else essentially, which, you know, speaking of your defining anywhere or any team, like mm -hmm. it just completely is just absolute, you know, garbage. You're just like, yeah. God, maybe Sam Darnold could make it work. And so I'm like, I just want to see Sam Darnold one time, but it doesn't look like we're going to get, right, well, listen, we're not going to get that this week, uh, knock on wood. Um, and, you know, who knows going into the future. Like hopefully Brock Purdy can keep, can uh, stay upright here because the 49ers are a lot more interesting um, long-term with him in there. But for the short term, man, I would love to see Sam Darnold just to see. Niners minus three. That's the pick. That's the bet. There's another big game or interesting game. I will say you got the Browns at the Ravens Ravens at home laying six points. Got to be honest here. I'm leaning on the Browns plus six. I understand the Ravens hype train. It's in full swing right now. And I get it. Um, the Browns. I mean, sorry, the Ravens getting a big win versus Gino and the Seahawks, which as mentioned, we will get to. Um, I totally understand it. Ravens are looking really good, but I got to be honest. I feel like that my pick here, my lean towards taking the points is more so based on the fact that the Ravens, I feel like every time they kind of read their headlines a little too much, you know, like they win a game. That's kind of when things go the other way. Mm. And I feel like six points is a lot for me to take or lay part of me. Mm -hmm. with the Ravens in a divisional game against a really, really good defense. And I've seen Lamar struggle against before. Um, six points is just a lot here. And the only thing that makes me question this is the everlasting question of what is Deshaun Watson doing? That's the only thing that has me nervous about taking yeah. being on the side of the Browns. But I will say my lean is Browns plus six in this one, just because divisional game Browns defense, I feel like can keep it close Lamar and them. 
you know, they're at Odell's party this week. You know, they're kind of feeling themselves. Mm. <laughs> Not saying they lose, but six points is a lot for me to lay. Yeah, this is a really tough game because it's like it is off of what we're supposed to do, right? It's like we set a range for a team. Then when the rate, when the expectations, right, their average rating, if you will, for a team hits kind of the top of that range, you're supposed to sell. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did last week with the Seattle Seahawks you know, in Baltimore, because mm -hmm. the rating for the Ravens is now up in like 69, nice 70 range where like once you hit 70 it's like you are in the conversation for the super bowl right like yeah. you can you can win the super bowl as a 70 you know a low 70s team that's essentially like you know honestly that's yeah. chiefs that's eagles that's 49ers that that type of stuff and you'll remember before the season started in the preview like i said and i'll repeat this every time the ravens keep winning these games even as i fade them and lose um on the you know on the point spread <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, I kind of think the Ravens are like sitting on like a really, really big season because I think the offense is going to be good because I respect Todd Munkin from Georgia. And honestly, like the defense is, you know, turned a corner once they got Roquan Smith. And if it wasn't for all the flashy plays that Miles Garrett and, and uh, TJ Watt and, you know, Micah Parsons make on a weekly basis, Roquan Smith would be a re legitimate choice for defensive player of the year, especially if this team ends up finishing with two or just two or three losses. And, you know, the defense finally sort of gets their the credit that they deserve. And I think that's coming with some prime time games coming up here shortly. And so, but the point is, is like, once you get to this rating, it's like, okay, you either believe the rating or you don't believe the rating. And so if you asked me from before the season and you said, hey, Matt, like this is going to be up to like the 70s um, by the time what week 10 rolls around, I'd be like, oh, man, like I am on to something. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't want to sell off of a high rating of the Ravens. Yeah. I would just be like, yeah, like told you. Um, so we were supposed to bet the Browns here, but every time we try to fade the, the Ravens, i.e. last week, and if you go through the point spreads with their new rating, and you kind of do a you know a reverse engineering here, going backwards, right? The point spread for last week with the with the rating that the Ravens have to create this point spread, the rate the point spread would be about you know six point seven five, so a little bit over six and a half against Seattle, right? So not a crazy. Yeah. So the point is, is the this rating for them, this high rating for them, existed last week, okay. and they surpassed it by about a billion points in absolutely crushing Seattle, right? Yeah. Uh, the week before that, Baltimore uh, plays. Uh, if you remember it, uh, let me know. I'm scanning. Baltimore so. played. Oh, uh, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, Arizona. Not a real game, um, no. but at least that was the Josh Dobbs version. They they get backdoor covered, but they're up 17 points with two minutes to go. That point, spread, fault. that point spread with this Ravens rating would be 12, right? Mm -hmm. And remember, we got it. It got as high as 10, and we were just sort of like, well, that's too high. Well, honestly, like, is it right? And now part yep. of that is the, the Cardinals number has gone down because of the fiasco that is their uh, quarterbacking situation, or at least was until Kyler comes back. And if you keep going back, you know, further, 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 you're like, okay, Baltimore against, you know, uh, well, listen, Cleveland the first time around, that was a little bit weird, but Detroit, right? Baltimore minus three. That's still a fair rating. It's just Detroit has moved up in their rating along with them because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously winning and covering against the Raiders last week at Tennessee or not at Tennessee, but that was a neutral site game where the line was minus five and a half. The new point spread for that game, if those two teams played tomorrow in, in London would be about seven and a half. Well, the Ravens covered that number along with the number that they covered in London that day. Right. And so the further you go back, you know, Baltimore against Pittsburgh, Baltimore loses that game outright, but the line, if that happened, this if that game was played this week, would be Baltimore minus five. And we already saw that game, and yeah, Pittsburgh somehow pulled that off, but like, 
Baltimore was considerably the better team that week. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like you can keep going further and further and further back. Right. Go to the Colts. I mean, that's the game, that last game that things really got super weird for for the Ravens. And so like if the only thing that we're basing this, basing fading the Ravens off of is the Colts game still. And that's sort of scarring us. And honestly, that's going <laughs> to probably scar us for a really long time unless, you know, unless we get knocked out of Survivor sort of, uh, you know, a second time, if you will. Um then you get the, the the problem is then you get the Browns and I don't and and you made the point about Deshaun Watson I don't know where the Browns are supposed to be rated and so and we were supposed <laughs> to get an idea of that last week when Watson comes back and plays his first full game healthy yeah. but instead we get served up Clayton Toon and not a real team at that point and yeah. it's like okay I don't know and by the way it's not even like the 27 points that the Browns scored were legitimate I'm flipping over to that game when it was still quote-unquote close and I'm watching Deshaun Watson hit a guy in the helmet have that ball bounce 15 yards into the end zone and still get caught by Amari Cooper for a touchdown so it's like that's not even a real thing like even the even the even the beat down you know quote-unquote against the Cardinals like didn't even really feel like a traditional sort of obvious beatdown, even though it was 27 to nothing, right? Like, by the way, like 27 points or 26 points, whatever it was, against the Cardinals defense, like, man, I'm not even sure I'm, like, impressed by that, especially when you're getting short fields and, like, literally a possession, like, every 30 seconds. So this isn't me telling you, like, oh, man, we need to keep going with the Ravens here. And I see you change in the pick, and it's like, I don't – you know, I don't want to be kind of telling you to do that. I just, I just look at this going like, I realize I'm supposed to be betting the Browns, but like, how, what else do I want out of the Ravens to prove to me that they should be a team that like under a touchdown against a very sketchy quarterback, you know, is something that I actually should be interested in, even though I'm supposed to be like, Oh no, like they played, they played so well. Why would I buy that? And it's like, well, because I was buying that before the season started, and I just frankly have not done a good enough job of just blindly betting the Ravens every week because of the stupid Colts game from week three. So the pick has been changed. The pick has been changed to the Ravens, and here, here's the thing. I feel like the Ravens got to know at this point, this is a game you get up for, right? Like this is a big divisional game, and it's cool to beat all these other teams, but this is a divisional game at home, and – Again, I know that I was on the Browns because of the points in said divisional game. The reason I'm going to switch to the Ravens here is just because there's too much uncertainty with the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Like he's still doing the the like very weird. I'm about to get sacked, but am I going to throw the ball or fumble the ball? And you know, with the Ravens defense playing the way that it is, I think I like that side of it more. So the sure. pick has been changed. Baltimore minus six. And hey, we can play this back next week when Deshaun Watson leads them to victory in Baltimore. And no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I mean, no, it's maybe, football. Right? Football. Yeah. football. Like it's, it's a strong maybe, right? At this point. <laughs> I like that. It's a strong that's what it is. Strong that's maybe. A, you know what? That's what the name of the pod should be. A strong maybe. Uh, <laughs> are you confident in this pick? A strong, strong maybe. maybe. <laughs> Let's keep going here to the Lions and the Chargers. I got to be honest. I am confident in this pick. This is not as strong maybe here. Got the Lions on the road laying two and a half points against the Chargers. Lions coming in off a of bye. Chargers on a short week. I think that the Lions, the way that this, um, the way that this team 
the Lions team is built. You know, I think of them as a physical team, team that is going to show up, a team that is going to, you know, win in the trenches, all that fun stuff, versus mm-hmm. the Chargers who <sighs> seem to be a team that is just waiting to make mistakes. And so unless the team they're playing is that bad that they cannot take advantage of said mistakes, that's how they win. <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Like the Chargers have somehow limped their way to a four and four record. And I think that's just because they've beaten the bad teams and won convincingly, but convincingly against bad teams. Lions are a good team. Give me the points on the road. I know this is a tough spot, but I feel like with the time to prepare, I like the Lions coming in a little more fresher, we'll say. And I'll lay the two and a half points on the road with Detroit. Yeah, so I, so I bet this when it opened, uh, what do I have? Minus 120 on the money line for Detroit. Okay. So, um, you know, the line was like, you know, minus one or whatever, right? So it's crept up mm-hmm. um, to, gosh, you said minus two and a half here. Yeah. Um, I really like... I really like the money line position on, on the lions because having watched the chargers, you know, together far too closely the last couple of weeks and just going like, how are they pulling this off? Cause it's like, you know, you sit there and I, and I'm again, we speak, you know, I didn't even mention, you know, speaking of games that could have gone from L's to W's, right? Like you watch, I go into that game on Monday night and I'm just like, you know, you see, like, the number starts to creep down a little bit to three, and you go, okay, so, like, at least there's some interest in plus three and a half for the Jets, which, like, makes me feel a lot better because I'm sitting there going, like, I don't know how the Chargers cover this game, like, based on what I know about the Chargers. And then you turn the game on, and it's 90-yard punt return, as if, like, that ever happens in, in, a, in the NFL this day. And you just go, oh, like, that's how this is going to work. right in the same way you know or sort of adjacent to the sunday night game before that where the bears hit darnell moody for a long pass and the referees just blow the play dead even though nobody's touched him right it's sort of the inverse thing where it's like well maybe if the bears score on that play or on that drive like they get a lead which is what happened this weekend this past weekend against the saints and now they're in a competitive game because they can run the football and they don't have to play from behind and their crappy quarterback doesn't have to throw the ball all the time well the jets go and they give up this punt return which if you told me one team was going to score on a punt return and the other team isn't like you're telling me for sure that that was going to be the chargers and not the jets like i would have been like no everything i've seen from the chargers for the last 30 years would indicate that the jets are probably going to get that punt return for a touchdown right and then, okay, it's just seven nothing. Like they're still into this, and it's like Garrett Wilson, who's allegedly the best player on the team, like un just brazen fumble to get you know give back to the Chargers. And of course, Zach Wilson fumbles, but it's like honestly, I was signing up for Zach Wilson fumbles. But the broadcast, you know, speaking of broadcast, right? Like you know, the sixth sack comes on Zach Wilson. They're like, oh my god, they have gotten their sixth sack, and then they put up like the sack you know totals for each team, and it's like the Chargers have been sacked five times too. And the fundamental difference is the fumble that Justin Herbert had was somehow recovered by the Chargers in the same way that the other fumble that the Chargers have were recovered by the Chargers. And every fumble is just recovered by the Chargers. And so, like, that's just straight up fumble luck. And the defensive slash special teams touchdown thing is just defensive slash special teams luck. And I'm sitting there going, you know, start of the fourth quarter. I'm like, based on the way these two teams played, like, just look at the box score with regards to, like, total yardage. This game should be 6-6. 
And that's not, that's even including like the assumption that the Jets are going to have all these false starts and stupid, you know, speaking of Garrett Wilson, blocking the back penalties on the like only good plays that they have are on these sort of needless penalties where they couldn't get lined up correctly or guys were just hashtag doing too much. And you're just sitting there going like, yeah, so I was right in that this game was going to be an evenly played under kind of crappy type game. And that I would love to have three and a half points in every circumstance where both teams or neither team gets to 200 yards. Yeah. And it's just like a, just a, like you said, a football thing happened. Right. So the point is, is like the last two weeks have felt like the Chargers have not had to do other than kind of be at the right place at the right time and hope that the other team didn't screw anything up. So I can't talk you out of this line as it goes a little bit higher. The problem is I'm not really sure how this line is getting as high as it is from the rating systems, you know, that, that we yeah, use yeah, based yeah. on previous point spreads, right? Because like the lions would have to get like one hell of a boost from beating up on the Raiders last week. And like, speaking of teams, like trying to give away games, like if you'll recall, yeah. that was exactly the most buttoned up performance in the history of like, you know, I might've been the best performance in Detroit football history, but in the, in, in, in general, that wasn't exactly like the best performance anybody's ever seen. Right. Is the Raiders who literally the next day, like fired everybody in the organization. Like, what am I supposed to put into that game? So if I'm going to give the lions all kinds of credit for beating the Raiders a week after getting trucked by the Ravens. And I'm, t- you know, I have to then kind of give the chargers some credit for just not screwing things up. And so if I move, you know, both the teams, basically both teams have to either stay the same or move up in ratings. And that still doesn't get me to like two and a half. And so if, because this line is moving up, because it's only Wednesday, if this gets to three, which it will, I, you know, I don't know that if it, if it will or not, just because like three is such a key number here. And if it does, like it might take five seconds to get bought back. But it's like, <laughs> I think at plus three, like the chargers have to be the bet. And then like maybe it lands somewhere in between, especially for me, who's already made a bet on the money line. If I can get chargers plus three, where I win a bet on a push, because I have that lion's money line already in place. Mm -hmm. Then like, that's the thing I have to do. And from just a value perspective, like I gotta, I gotta mess around with the ratings, like pretty aggressively to get to two and a half or three. And so that's where I sort of like, I kind of get my backup where it's like, yeah, listen, I agree. I was in there pushing the money in at money line and, and sort of minus one, if you will. But like, and I know it's only like one to two and a half and you're like, what's the big deal? Like, it's not like their kicker's going to get hurt and they're going to knee on an extra point. Like it's just the fact that this is getting to three and it's like, Oh, this is going to be a situation where if it was always plus three, I would have already made a bet on the chargers here. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. Totally get it. Interesting game for sure. In a scenario in which you have two teams kind of on weird trajectories, if that makes sense. Like it's not like they're on the same, the same plane, but I feel like the way that we're viewing what the Chargers are doing is kind of a smokescreen. That's kind of where I'm at with this. What would you have the Lions as a as a rating? Given like we talked about like a 70 being like, okay, they're in contention there for- I'd put them at like a 65, you know, 60, low 60, somewhere there. Like they're on their way. They're on their way. They're just below those like teams for real. Yeah. I'd give so, them, I think they'd give the Niners and Philly a go, sure. but I don't think they'd win. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to get to 69, nice, to- and that's not touching the Chargers rating, by the way. We got to get mm-hmm. to 69 to get them to minus two and a half. 
yeah. as a fair price. And that's a yeah, charge yeah. trading at 56. Um, and keep yeah. in mind, like also with like one point of home field advantage for the chargers, like, yeah, do not get no, no, no. there is not a two point advantage for the chargers and one, you know, maybe one's a little bit of a stretch and that would maybe get you a little bit further here, but like, yeah, I, you know, you kind of have to downgrade the chargers to get any further than this. And we are right at, you know, speaking of the Ravens, right. You know, the difference between the Ravens being at 69 is like, I want to move the range for the Ravens up to 75. Because yeah, I thought yeah. that before the season, and they keep covering against all of these teams, for example, the Lions, whereas the Lions are reaching the pinnacle of their range. And what am I, why am I supposed to move their rating past, or their range, excuse me, past 70? Like, I don't, I, I haven't seen that, right? I, again, I saw like kind of a lucky or sort of a stupid cover against the Raiders, and I saw them get blown out, you know, by the Ravens. And they, and they played some other, you know, kind of mediocre teams and, and did well against them, but like, that's what the rating, that's what getting to the rating to this point, you know, that's what the money's for, right? Like, that's what it's, that's what the rating's for. We got there because of that. So it's like, I, I like, I can't go any further with the Lions. And so if this line goes a little bit further, I'm just gonna have to hold my nose and hope the Chargers play like a good game instead of just like a mistake-free game. And honestly, sometimes we're just waiting for the Chargers to not make a bunch of mistakes. And since that takes, usually takes a lot longer you know, or never, um, you know, we end up frustrated and it's like, okay, if they're going to actually play like clean games and everybody's going to be healthy, Bosa and Mac and, and, and Derwin James, it's like, all right, like, you know, maybe this is a squad, but it's like, I don't know. They're not, they haven't really proven anything in the last couple of weeks to me. So. Yeah. yeah super interesting. That's one of the really good games. I, I beg for it why couldn't this be a primetime game or one of totally. those window clean window games? Uh, yeah. We got the Texans and the Bengals, a game that, also, I wouldn't mind watching on its own. Uh, Bengals at home favored by seven points. This one's a tough one for me right now because I understand the entire world is on the Bengals, and that's why this is up to seven. Um, I get it. We are all over the Bengals beating Buffalo last week, which was, you know, luckily for me, one of the things that I was able to recoup some money on. <laughs> and, I, told you, and, and, I can say gosh. this because I, I, I said it beforehand, biggest bet of the season for me. So yeah, like, right. Like I was, I was happy to come out up like with some dubs there yeah. because of that. Cool. Um, the problem is, you know, if you're looking for a team, you know, sometimes you look at a line and you're like, ah, this might be overvalued because everyone's on the Bengals. The problem is they're facing the Texans and all you're hearing about is CJ Stroud in the game of his life, 470 yards, five touchdowns, all that. So I don't even know where to really like rate this or if I'm looking at it and seeing, okay, well, one team's overvalued, the other team's not, I don't know. But I will say that, I don't think that CJ Stroud is going to be able to put up 470 yards and five touchdowns against the Bengals defense. I don't, I, I struggle to see that happening. Um, the other thing is, I just think the Bengals are really good. Like as we discussed all last week and the reasons why we were on them last week, cool. So you give me seven points. It's at a flat seven, meaning I take a push. I'm about that life. Give me the Bengals laying seven points. Yeah, and and you mentioned it it being quote unquote up to seven. It's actually down because this line opened eight. But the in, the injury issue with Jamar Chase is, I think, the movement there, right? Mm -hmm. And it was funny because Chris Collinsworth called it like almost to a T, right? Where he, he goes down on that play that I mentioned before, and Collinsworth is like, he is going to crawl out of bed tomorrow. And the next day, right, he's talking about, like, maybe he's not going to be able to play. And, like, and Joe Burrow's sort of like, well, you know, we can get along without him or, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
That sounds like a guy who crawled out of bed on Monday, yeah. right? And oh, like, yeah. as the week goes on, because like he still he stayed in the game and he played and he said that it, you know it got you know worse as the game went on. It's like, yeah, of course it did, man. You took a really hard fall. It's like as the week goes on, you know how this works with football players, right? And the best medical teams and therapy teams that you know money can buy, or at least in theory, right? Is like yeah, he's probably going to feel a lot better come come Sunday, and you know he probably ends up playing. And so I can see this number that dipped. You could get minus six and a half at like for like minus one fifteen or minus one twenty on the Bengals. You know, I can see this potentially pushing actually back through seven because when you talked about the ratings for these teams, we are outside of the Jamar Chase situation, right? Like if you seem like if you have a full rating for a team and you have to take some of that off because Jamar Chase might not play, but the full version of the Bengals here, we're back. We're at about a sixty-seven, right? And yeah. I know I mentioned like the idea of a seventy being kind of a, a Super Bowl caliber team. The Bengals finished around this number last year. Now you'll remember their rating took a bit of a hit because of their offensive line issues, right? And everybody kind of worrying about that, and that ended up caught potentially. You know, you can make a case that ended up costing them an, a second straight Super Bowl appearance when they lose that game close to the Chiefs, in part because the Chiefs were able to get to Joe. Burrow, right? And one of the reasons we didn't let we don't like the Bills all that much this season is because they weren't able to get to Joe Burrow the week before. And so again, with a theoretically sort of full roster, like ready to go here, the team, you know, that we thought we were going to get last week on Sunday night against the Bills that we got, this line I have at minus eight and a half. And so, you know, I'm right there with you as far as you know, liking the Bengals. And I think the thing with the Texans here is that you have to remember this team lost to the Carolina Panthers two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. And by the way, they needed every one of those 470 yards to beat the Bucks at home. And if you saw the Bucks a week ago against the Bills. Correct. Right. We know, you know, we know not to think too much of the Bucks necessarily. Right. So the reality is like, that's very cool for CJ Stroud. Like I've got some offensive rookie of the year, you know, at him at, uh, at a plus price. So like, cool. He's basically seemingly locked that up. You know, unless Will Levis just absolutely goes hammer, your your man's Aiden O'Connell starts throwing for you know 400 yards a game. But it's like, okay, that was very cool for him, and that was very cool for the Texans. Who again, part of the handicap on the Texans is like, yeah, they're probably going to win a lot of home games against like equal-ish competition. And when I say equal-ish competition, that's below average competition. That's like yeah. you know low 40s, right? We talk about the the great divide here potentially of there not being any average teams. Just because the Texans beat the Buccaneers in a, in a very entertaining game, and you know, obviously moment of the year there with uh, Ngumba Wale k- kicking that that uh, field goal, it's like just because you did that doesn't mean like one score game against the Bengals, who like they know it too. They know that they are back and sort of healthy, and like they also know not to like bleep around because of the losses that they've already accrued and the division that they're in and the fact that they're literally, you know, speaking of next Thursday's game, cannot wait, right? They are one sort of win away against the Ravens next Thursday from like potentially being essentially in first place. Mm-hmm. In and like kicking away this game against an inferior opponent, honestly would be really disappointing for a team at this point that isn't like, Oh, I'm hoping to try to be a contender here, like the Chargers, like the Lions, et cetera, et cetera. It's a team that is a contender and has been a contender for two years now. It's like, I'd be really bummed out if they didn't at least win this game by seven points, even if you sort of go, oh, it's a tough spot, like Buffalo last week on Sunday night and then a road, you know, short week, blah, blah, blah. If this is like a 12-point spread, okay, like maybe there's some backdoor and like short week and you know, rest guys a little bit earlier than maybe you should and the backdoor would be wide open. 
as long as this is seven or again, maybe six and a half if Jamar Chase doesn't play, or maybe even lower if Jamar Chase does not play and it ends up being six, or maybe just people like the Texans because it's like, oh, they could backdoor anything. It's like, you know, they didn't score much against Carolina two weeks ago. Yeah. No, totally agreed there. Cincinnati minus seven is the pick there. Uh, this one's a little tougher. We've got the Saints at the Vikings. Saints laying two and a half points on the road. Obviously, we know the Minnesota story last week was a Josh Dobbs story. Um, I'm going to be riding Minnesota this week at plus Hell two yeah. and a half at home. Uh, this is just an interesting one for me. The, the story of Josh Dobbs is insane, right? Because it's you're hearing about him not knowing players' names. You're hearing him being explained what the plays are in the huddle over the headset. Him asking receivers what routes they're going to be running in the huddle and they're able to win the game. Like just complete insane behavior going on. With all that said, though, now you have a week to sort things out. The Saints have looked a bit better the few the last few weeks, but at the same time, like I'm still not in a position where I'm going to be laying points with the Saints on the road, a team that normally doesn't play well on the road, and in a building that is going to be rocking in Minnesota because of what happened last week. I know this has nothing to do with the point spread. Did you see the video of the Vikings fan that was like shaving their eyebrows in no. support of no. Josh Dobbs? No. It's just like, like that is a fan base that's that is just hyped up because they're in the mix, right? So I say all that to say that building is going to be insane. And there's not many teams that I would be taking to lay points in that building this week just because of everything that happened last week so give me minnesota vikings at home i will take the home dogs and the plus two and a half yeah i have a handful of teams here listed as like 42 it's like a jackie robinson thing uh, i got them down as 42 they're the jets the steelers the falcons the the commanders the raiders the colts the buccaneers uh and the texans right like those are all the teams that are like all right like i get it right like you're not good but like you're also not like awful the Vikings got rated worse than that last week. But the funny thing is about the Vikings, it's like you're sitting there and you're going like, first of all, I actually kind of thought Jaron Hall was good. He was mm -hmm. three out of four. He was scampering around. We lost a we lost a yardage prop over 15 and a half rushing yards. He had 11 rushing yards on like the first drive or the first two drives of the game uh, and literally got concussed on like the one yard line i also might have had a jaron hall anytime touchdown that yeah. was like doubly brutal because i was like he's going for the end zone oh he's not gonna get the end zone oh he's not conscious like that's a bad combination and so as i'm watching that game as somebody who had the vikings money line i'm sitting there thinking to myself like okay how like from a mechanical standpoint like how does it work with Josh Dobbs, like, okay, I, you know, you don't need to know. He never has to know their names, <laughs> right? Like in theory, he just never does, but he just, he has to know the plays. Right. And I look at, and I think of Kevin O'Connell and I go, well, what was the, what sort of famous example of a coach telling a quarterback where to throw the ball, giving him the plays and telling him where to throw the ball in his headset before you flip the switch on, you know, to turn that off. I think it's with 15 seconds left in the play clock play clock oh the rams the yes. rams and kevin o'connell comes from that uh coaching tree if you mm -hmm. will and i believe was i think the quarterback's coach when mm -hmm. jared goff was there and the yeah. rams went to the super bowl with uh sean mcveigh telling jared goff where to throw the football right up until the point where the clock uh, gets shut off 
And then they get to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and Bill Belichick has two weeks to disguise every single defense, and the Rams can't score because he just changes the defense at, as soon as the, the play clock switches. Belichick. I don't, I don't think Dennis Allen is sharp enough to, to have that level of disguise here uh, if that <laughs> happens to be the same situation. Because after the game, they say, yeah, like he would tell me the play. I would relay the play. The other 10 guys know what the play is, but I don't. So, like, you know what I mean? And, and, and then after yeah. the, you know what I mean? So the order of operations is tell all the guys the play, and then I'm going to tell you what the play is, and then tell you where to throw the football. And when the, honestly, the first read, if it's not there, just kind of take off and run. And he is, and he showed it with Arizona, and he showed it throughout his entire career. Like, he is low-key slippery, right? Like, yeah. he's evasive, an evasive guy. And so having watched Tyson Bajant kind of evade, I think he had like 65 rushing yards against the uh, Saints this past week. I'm like, Josh Dobbs can do that. Yeah, I don't yeah. even care if he introduces himself to the rest of the team and knows everybody's name. I really don't. Again, this is that he, we talked about this last week, right? He's kind of like the perfect mercenary where he should just be a free agent and he should just go to a different team every week and just like, do that. I don't know how many other coaches and how many offensive coordinators and play callers can do it the way that Kevin O'Connell did it. But between that and changing this defense around or hiring Brian Flores to change the defense around, Kevin O'Connell, if this team makes the playoffs, how is he not coach of the year? Like this is all coaching. And it was like one thing when they beat the 49ers because they had a really, really strong game plan. It was like Kirk Cousins looks like the best he's ever looked. And it's like, well, we've seen Kirk Cousins for a really long time. Is this Kirk Cousins or is this Kevin O'Connell? And yeah. Kevin O'Connell, you know, a year and a half into his tenure here, he is vibing his face off right now. And mm-hmm. so, like, this is the ultimate sort of puppet master type thing. And maybe it'll sort of die off. Maybe it'll die off this week. Maybe it'll die off when they go up against a defensive coordinator or head coach that is capable of sort of um, disguising defenses this well. But I don't, I don't see that happening with Dennis Allen. And by the way, the Vikings defense continues to be awesome. And... Derek Carr is not somebody that I'm necessarily afraid of against a pretty good defense. And I know that some, somehow sometimes it takes team, uh, fans and betters to s- kind of get away from a narrative about like, oh, the Vikings defense being so bad. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Like the Vikings defense is good. Yeah. Their offensive line is good. And it sucks that Cam Akers got hurt because now they have to fully rely on Alexander Madison. And like that would be really helpful against a Saints de- run defense that isn't particularly great either. And like that'd be a nice thing to rely on. But like you said, man, we're getting a couple of points here with the home team. And like, if we can fade Derek Carr, Dennis Allen, that whole Saints outfit, whether it's give, giving a ton of points, like they probably should have covered that game against the Bears. They turned them over. It was a five nothing, I think was the turnover ratio. And it's like, how do they not cover? And it's like, because those guys suck. <laughs> suck. That's why they didn't cover a big number. And it's probably why they're going to lose this game because those guys suck. Not going to get any arguments from me there. Minnesota plus two and a half. We keep it rolling here with the Packers at the Steelers. Steelers at home laying three points. Packers showed signs of life last week, or did they just face Brett Rippon in the Rams? Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> the Steelers getting extra prep, having not played since last Thursday. I don't really like laying three points with Pittsburgh's offense, but the Packers got to show me a little bit more than beating the Rams backup QB who just got cut for Carson Wentz. So give me Pittsburgh minus three at home here. Yeah. I mean, listen, laying points with Pittsburgh is no party, but like, doesn't this set up kind of exactly the same as last Thursday where it's like, listen, it might come down to a three and four point game. And like, maybe you need them to win, you know, get that touchdown to get it to four. 
it's kind of the same setup, right? Like Will, Le you know, Jordan Love in the role of Will Levis, where like sometimes it looks good, but a lot of the times, like you know, especially for Jordan Love anyway, specifically, like it doesn't. Um, the you know, Packers talent level from a you know skill position perspective, I don't think is better than the Titans. Yeah, and you know the defense. I don't think is better than the Titans defense, right? No. So isn't it kind of just the same thing? Only everything is a little bit worse. I mean, the coach. And Pittsburgh's at home. Well, I mean, that's the thing. And, and the Pittsburgh was at home last Thursday. So when it's like, yes, when all you're doing is replacing saying, the Titans. All you're doing is replacing the Titans with the Packers. And you're literally doing it with what maybe you know, definitely a worse coach, probably almost definitely a worse defense. Um, definitely the worst quarterback i think at this point i mean listen we don't know that much about will levis to like you know have a parade for him necessarily but like honestly i've i feel like i've kind of seen enough from jordan love and it's like yeah packers got a win last week but as you mentioned right like if you're going to constantly get short fields or quick turnarounds and get your offense you know you can, the weird thing is when you have these clayton tunes and, and and brett rippins of the world is like your defense can or your offense excuse me can go three and out or can have like a six play drive and still stay in you know, in motion, in rhythm, because you get the ball back like 40 <laughs> seconds later. And it's like, you're literally just kind of taking a timeout before yeah. being like, all right, back on the field, guys. It's like, okay, where do we get it? Same place we left off. And it's like, oh, okay. We've had timeouts longer than that. Like the quarter break was longer than that. Sweet. Right. And so it's just like, okay, cool win for the Packers. But like, honestly, that was way too close for way too long. If you're really being an, you know, an honest cheesehead out there. So yeah, man, like at minus three, I've already made the bet on the Steelers. And, and that, I mean, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to three and a half here, but at minus three Steelers uh, have already been a bet for me. I like it. I like it. Guess what? I like it a lot. <laughs> um, keep the train moving here. Oh. We got the Titans at the Bucks. Titans at the Bucks minus one and a half. Tampa Bay is favored at home. This one's a weird one. We just talked about the Titans and you know their game last Thursday against the Steelers. Will Levis, I still think that you know he looked okay. That Steelers defense is a problem. We know yeah. that yep. the Bucks defense is not the Steelers defense. Uh, the Bucks are just a completely weird, strange team to me. Baker sometimes looks like the old Baker, and then other times. You know, he's throwing deep balls and Mike Evans is actually catching them. Don't know really how to rate yeah. the Bucks, but I will say if I'm going to get any points in this, I'll take the points with Tennessee. And yeah, that's just where I'm at. Tennessee plus one and a half. Yeah, man. Sometimes Baker's the butcher and sometimes he's the candlestick, make, candlestick maker. And uh, I don't really know what the difference is between those two things, but I guess it depends on whether you bet on him or bet against him because most of the time it's frustrating um, no matter what you do. I'm right there with you, right? Like, again, I, you know, I just mentioned, like, the difference between the, the Titans and the Packers and why I like the Steelers this week. And I was sort of, like, on the fence last week. And then I didn't have a play. And somehow we ended up a half yard short, even though I'm pretty sure we handicapped that game perfectly. Uh, we were a half, excuse me, a half point short uh, of the total. Maybe if uh, George Pickens get his feet in bounds, um, we'd, you know, that would have been reflective in and over. But, you know, I was impressed with how the Titans played in that game, right? Because mm -hmm. the case for the Steelers last week is that it was all going to be overwhelming and Will Levis is going to turn into the everybody's favorite term, right? The pumpkin. Maybe that's just a Halloween thing. I don't know if we do that in mid-November. But, you know, I, yeah, he's going to turn into a turkey. Nice. Um, you know, just go to the butcher and grab a turkey. Uh, yeah, honestly, like, just fundamentally, right? Like, I think I think the Titans are pretty good. I think Will Levis is pretty good. I think certainly it's going to be a lot better setup having the week and a half off 
to get him again a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more mm -hmm. comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing with the Bucks is, and the thing that I'll sort of trick you is less about Baker and it's more about the defense and the big names that are on that defense, right? And of course, yeah. like a couple of weeks ago, we didn't have Vita Vea for that game against Buffalo. And maybe maybe that wouldn't have been such a ridiculous cover. Maybe that would have just been a standard cover if they had Vita yeah. Vea in that game. But like you got names that people have heard of, Carlton Davis, right? Yeah. Is out there. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, I mean the Carlton Davis is just constantly getting burned by <laughs> CJ Stroud, Stroud and just about everybody on the Texans, right? And so like if there are holes in a defense, like they're going to get exposed. And the bad news for teams that their holes are like the the like veteran defender is like you can't really bench him in the same way you can just kind of like bench a rookie or like a second year yeah. guy or a guy that we've never heard of. Right. And so if like that thing is there and the run defense isn't up to snuff because like, you know, again, the, the big guys on that, on the defensive line are banged up. It's not a ton left. Right. And then you are relying on Baker who again, like offense, not great against the Falcons offense, not great against Buffalo. And then the offense was really good, obviously last week, but like, Texans aren't a great defense, right? Like they can come up and they can make some plays or whatever, but like they're not a fully formed, fully functioning group just yet. That's part of the rebuild, right? The good news is they're yeah. putting the people in place. Obviously Derek Stingley out for the year, like that was a big blow to them at the start of the season. Like that was like week one or week two. And it's just like, yeah, okay, they're not ready yet. So like, yeah, like a professional, like, quarterback in baker can can vibe a little bit and i don't think mike evans dropped a you know murderous third down or touchdown pass which normally he's up for uh, yeah i'm right there with you man i like the titans here i think again another situation where it's like better coach probably a better defense you know i don't any given week type situation when it comes to like a quarterback type deal here um you know i think the the line is probably a little bit correct actually i think it's probably closer to pick them so i realize we're getting one you know point here but honestly like that might come in handy right if this game is like a 17 16 type game which like honestly i wouldn't be all that surprised if it was kind of that oh you know surprise surprise an nfl game sloppy junky undery type of a game yeah give, give me give me i'll take the one and a half extra points here uh or anything in the pluses when it comes to the money line for the titans <laughs> super exciting stuff for sure yeah don't know what to make of this one as we got the commanders at the seahawks seahawks laying seahawks are laying six and a half points and i gotta be i'm gonna be honest here i am on the commanders here at mm -hmm. the plus six and a half seahawks and gino we talked about it last week and gino i mean yeah, if if we mentioned last week before heading into it that we weren't really sure what to make of Gino as things kind of looked a little sloppy, we'll say the last few weeks. A lot of the shine on Gino's kind of gone away. Six and a half seems like a lot to me to be laying on a Seahawks team right now. Um, I got to be serious. When I watch the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. They're also a team that I just can't get a good grasp of. Are they one of your 42 teams that you were just naming? Or are they above that number or below that number? Because I don't really know where to put them. But I feel like I like the idea yeah. of Sam Howell getting points against a team that I don't really think is that good. Or as good as we think they are. Yeah, it's funny, right? So yes, they are part of the Jackie Robinson club um, here. And that's again, that's a club that at any given time, like they can pull off an upset. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm looking for teams that I'm not against fading to lose as a favorite. 
and the Seahawks fit that bill, right? In the same way that the Seahawks fit the bill of a team that could win, right? And so when I talk about them being this team that's kind of, you know, right at the league average type verge here, what does that mean? Well, okay, if your league average is 50, then your range is 40 to 60. Mm-hmm. And at any given time, you can play to a 60, and any given time, you can play to a 40. And so my problem here with the, I, like, I, I'll put this way, I've already bet the commanders a plus six and a half. That's already done. The thing that I'm worried about is that, like, Seattle just kind of does this every second week type of thing. And so there are certain teams that are average, and they're just going to play to a 50 every week. But there are certain teams, like the Seahawks, will play to a 40, will play to a 60. And they're, they kind of never play to a 50, right? It's always yeah. like way better or way, way worse. And so it's like, yeah, like I kind of like the commanders more on the money line than I do the points because it kind of feels like the Seahawks either win by two touchdowns or lose and maybe lose by two touchdowns. The other thing I'm worried about the commanders is like, it, you know, they didn't fire the coach by any means last week, but the whole like trading of the, you know, two of their best players, mm-hmm. like that is the same kind of thing as firing the coach where it's like, oh, ownership, you know, is rejuvenating something here, right? Where it's like, oh, they got rid of this cancerous coach guy that we all hate. Oh, you think we're not good enough? Like we, you know, they're going to get that bump. And then Mm -hmm. when they play a crappy team like the Patriots, and that's the thing that I kind of missed out on is it's just like, man, the Patriots are so, so bad. It's ridiculous (laughs) that like, I don't want to overrate the commanders off of that. And I don't feel like I am. It's more just like, oh man, if you're going to give me six and a half points, you're going to be two plus 220 on the money line. Like, yeah, all right, fine. Like I'll take them, but it's like it's not something that I should be as nearly as excited as a, uh, as I normally would be if this was just kind of like a more standard state game. Like I'd be, I'd feel better about it if the Seahawks had played really well last week. And honestly, I'd feel a little bit better about it if the Commanders hadn't played well last week. Like I know that sounds kind of the opposite way that it should, but like maybe if those two situations were the case, like maybe I would have been able to get seven. And hell, yeah. we still might be able to get seven by the time this game rolls around, right? But like, I've already bet it at six and a half. And, you know, again, I, you know, it's it's just a high, it's like you mentioned, right? It's like a high variance type of game with these two teams. Yeah, it's a tough one for sure. But give me the points there with the commanders. We move to Germany once again, as we got the Colts at the Patriots. The Colts are, well, not at you know what I'm saying? Yep. The Colts are favored in this game by two points against New England. Uh, this again, like I, the chances of me waking up to watch this game. No, maybe I might just be up. Actually, now that I, now that I think about it, I might just be up. And it's always good. I will say it is good to have a game on in the background while I'm up. You know, you're you're looking at the rest of the you know the market. We'll say for your Sunday, yep. figuring it all out. It is good to have a little something, something up on one of the TVs while I'm watching countdown on the other TV. Um, but I will say in this one, I'm leaning Patriots plus two, but there's really no good reason behind that. As you just mentioned, the Patriots, it's not like they've looked great. Basically, uh, your man's Mac Jones is just looking marginal like he's just not making the horrific turnovers that he was a few weeks ago i don't as, know i gotta i gotta stop you there on. as much hold on as much or as many times as he was we're doing this on a scale okay i'm doing this on a mac jones scale i'm not saying that he's looked good i'm not yeah. saying that he's been a good quarterback i'm saying if the scale is what we saw a couple weeks ago where he was throwing pick sixes on the goal line right and then fumbling in the end zone like he's marginally improving for where we saw mac jones 
Not saying that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, not I saying guess. it's a great thing. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm just saying it's Mac Jones. That's all I'm saying. That, I mean, that interception at the end of the game, as they're in already in field goal range, essentially. <laughs> and you're literally like, okay, this is how it works, man. You just get him into field goal range and like, okay, take a couple of like really, really easy sort of throws here. If you, you know, if you can't get them, that's cool. Just don't take yeah, a sack. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to overtime, yada, yada, yada. And, no. and then, no. Uh, deflected intercepted ball tried to be forced didn't see a guy all the same like bs excuses right like yep. over and over and over again it's just like this guy is really you. bad man he's just really really bad and it's like the secret is i don't like it, it's just like there's a deodorant because he's wearing a patriots jersey or something but it's why this team's like against the spread record is atrocious and i'm just so am i supposed to be laying points here with with the colts in germany well, but the thing is, like, yeah, you're saying it, and I don't know if it's the psychology of, like, the way that these games are ordered when it comes to, like, you know, who's the home team and who's not, but it's, like, why Why is this, a, you know, this isn't a home game for the Patriots. Like, no, why, definitely not. Right? Like, this is just a neutral site game between, like, two teams that, like, aren't very good, but one <laughs> of them, I think, is rated like they are functional, and... <laughs> And that's the Patriots, whereas the other one is honestly rated like lower than that. Okay. And okay. or at least has been up until this point. Now, this is obviously a neutral site. And the fun thing about neutral site is you don't have to factor in home field advantage. So as this line, which was, you know, started out as a pick'em, mm -hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, was the Patriots were favored in the look ahead line. I'm just gonna pop that up Ooh. real quick. Well, okay, they were favored in the summer minus four and a half which is wow. hilarious looking back to like where what we thought of the patriots in the summer and then last week they were minus one before okay. the, this bat you know this these uh two games and of course the colts win the patriots lose and that's how you go from minus one on one side to minus one on the other side and there's some twos available so i'm not going to rough you up about putting you know patriots plus two because it's you know there are some available because we're in that one and two range where like people aren't it's not like you're buying, oh, let me grab plus two and get some minus one and let me, uh, you know, scalp, yeah, a, yeah. scalp anything there. Um, I, yeah, like I just, I'm, I'm out. Uh, if you're, if you're asking <laughs> the Patriots to win a game uh, <laughs> and, and you're not giving me like two to one odds or three to one odds um, and playing it in Foxborough, then, uh, then no, no. I'm I'm on the Colts on this. I've already made the bet. I Colts minus one in this game. <laughs> and by the way, like it's not a large bet. Right? It is the same sort of deal where like this is going to be on TV one and Sam Ponder is going to be on TV two and we're going to be good. And that's just how we're going to spend our morning. You know, shouts to Sam Ponder, by the way. And I will make I will change this pick in honor of Sam Ponder and I will switch it to the <laughs> Colts. On the road. <laughs> there's always, there's always reasons to bet on the Patriots, and just yes. they're always wrong, almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, there are no, always no reasons, and then you get there, and you're just like, no, no, no. And honestly, like it makes me like the Commanders even less against the Seahawks this week because of how little I like the Patriots. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anyway. The funny but, thing for me here. Convincingly is disappointing. Retro. You know the, the the real funny thing here for me when I look at this game is just the the standpoint as simple as it is. It's just you're putting these two teams on a neutral field. What do I know about each of these two teams? And I feel like at least Gardner yeah. Minshew can at least hand the ball off, and the Colts can run the ball. You know, I think 
You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas like the Patriots, I don't, who knows what Mac Jones you're going to see week in, week out. So he didn't okay. end up having the rushing yards that we hoped for. Speaking of prop losses last week, but like Jonathan Taylor's back. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is back and it's like, and he's catching balls out of the backfield and he's scoring touchdowns and like he's doing stuff. And like, yeah. that's something that you can rely on where it isn't just about Gardner Minshew and like kind of hoping for the best. Right. And like, that's more no, than I'm I can say you. for anything the Patriots have. I'm with you. And here's a game where I also don't know what to make. I'll be very honest here. We got the Falcons at the cards Falcons on the road favored by one point. And I think Kyler Murray is back. We're not sure if Kyler Murray is back. He's back. I, it's He's back. all indicators pointing to that. Yes. Back. Yeah. Um, Falcons offense did look better with Taylor Heineke, but at the end of the day, it's still Taylor Heineke. And there's a lot of issues with the Falcons for sure. Still don't know what their whole plan is with their, highly touted running back that they use in very weird ways. Don't really know what to make of what the Falcons are doing here. Um, I look at this game and I think that I, knowing that Kyler Murray is back, pardon me, knowing Mm -hmm. that he's back for sure, I'm going to take the Cardinals in this game. Um, The hesitation there was because without Kyler Murray, I think I'd be a little more likely to take the Falcons, but I feel like the cards might get a little bit of a boost, whatever that means, right? Mm -hmm. But they're at home. The the Falcons just appear to be too much of a wild card for me. Um, Hard, Pat. Hard disagree. Uh, (laughs) The idea that Kyler Murray is going to step in. Yep and be good in his first game back when I don't know how good Kyler Murray was when he was to begin with, you know, like, yeah, before he got hurt um, is nonsensical to me. Uh, This line obviously reflects, shouldn't say obvious, but like maybe it's obvious. Um, It reflects that Kyler Murray's back and that that's a significant, significant upgrade off of not just Clayton Toon, but also Josh Dobbs. And I think that's my problem with it, right? Is like, yes, the Clayton Uh. Toon upgrade is certainly there. But even if I blow by Josh Dobbs here, um, I still have uh, excuse me, Falcons minus three. Like I have to get the Cardinals up to like low 30. Kyler's not worth that. Yeah, like I got to get them to, up to like low 30s for this game to be a pick em. And uh, yeah, I, I I mean, maybe that's the case. And obviously we'll see. Um, God, I have to even go a little higher than that. I got to go mid 30s to get, you know, and again, these are all sort of estimations and, and just sort of our yeah, yeah, yeah. rating system here, right? So like they're not gospel. But like if the point of the whole thing is like, haven't the, haven't the Cardinals range be 20, which is kind of the bottom that we're kind of willing to go, which is funny because I, you know what Clayton to when that game ended up closing last week, by the way, at 13 and a half for the Browns with a decent, like a pretty aggressive, like give for the Browns as like getting an upgrade with Deshaun Watson. Do you know what the rating for the Cardinals was? It was 15. It was like, it was below the like equator, right? It was like below into the earth's core of their rating. And yeah. like, obviously you watch the game and you're just like, yeah, I mean, if that was a six, if that was if that team played seventeen games this season, it would go zero and seventeen. It would be the worst team in the history of football. Like you could make case. And so when I say like the cap on the on the on the floor is twenty, it's like if you go below that, you are an zero and seventeen type team. 
if you go above 80 on the top end, you are a 17 and 0 type of team. You are the Patriots of 2009, and the, you know, as I mentioned, the, you know, on the low side, the Lions of whatever that was, 2016 or something like that. So anyway, it's like, yeah, that's probably the Clayton Tune version. Now, the Kyler Murray version of this is going to all of a sudden be into the mid to high 30s. That's, I don't. That math uh, doesn't math. No, man. Like, there's too much else going on that isn't going on. If you know what I mean. And no, so like, I'm part of the reason we're getting this deal is because the Falcons are getting downgraded because Arthur Smith is a joke. And like, like literally everybody's laughing at Arthur Smith and we're, you know, the the fantasy people are frustrated by the Bijan Robinson thing. And it's funny because like Arthur Smith is such a jerk that he'll tell people how stupid they are because they say, Hey, Desmond Ritter's not good. When are you going to Tyler, Taylor Heineke? And he'll be like, what are you, you don't understand. And then like a week later, he'll go to Taylor Heineke. So, like, while he tells us how good Tyler Algier is and how Bijan Robinson is doing such a great job of, like, being a decoy effectively, <laughs> would you be shocked if, like, next week Bijan Robinson was all, on a, all of a sudden prominently <laughs> involved in the goal line? Like, it's not like he has any pride to, like, stick with these bad takes. He tossed Ritter aside, like, the week that he told us we were all stupid for thinking that Desmond Ritter was so bad. So he doesn't even have the like his own. He's not even stubborn enough to do that, right? And so, yeah. like, what if Bijan Robinson is all, all all of a sudden prominently involved? Doesn't this team improve? And so, if this team improves and they're being rated as a team that it, you know should be worse, which again I've been saying all season long, and so I've been making all this money fading the fading the Falcons by and large this season. It's like. Yeah. Okay. Like that's where we want. We want the team to play better and be rated lower. That's awesome. And by the way, if you can tell me the Cardinals are going to be rated kind of like, you know, a functional team, pretty darn close to the Patriots at this point, at least by my ratings. Like, uh, no, this they're not even trying to win. If they were trying to win, by the way, they would have rushed, you know, Kyler Murray back two weeks ago. But like, eventually he just is so healthy that they have to play him, right? Like it yeah. gets awkward. It's like, uh, so why isn't Kyler playing? Why are you playing Clayton Toon? Who, by the way, Clayton Toon, they knew was so bad in the preseason that they traded for Josh Dobbs the week before the season started and they played him in week one. So it's like, Oh no, Clayton tune didn't. I'm here to tell you, shall Clayton tune didn't improve in September and October because he wasn't taking first team reps, right? There was no, you weren't able to see whether Clayton tune improved. So that's not why he got the start last week. He got the start because they're like, you know, we got to keep losing some of these games. And like, we can still make the case that Kyler Murray isn't ready to come back yet. But eventually, like, as people have been saying, like, he's out there, he's running around, like he looks good. But like Kyler Murray always looks good in practice. <laughs> he's a supreme athlete who was yeah. drafted in multiple sports. Like, of course, he looks good in practice. But then we realize that he doesn't really, you know, pay attention to the playbook. And he just kind of like vibes freestyles out there. Thank you. And yeah, like. No, man, like if you're going to overrate the Cardinals and you're potentially underrate with the Falcons with based on like the potential, at least we have, you know, for the Falcons, we know we're all sitting around knowing what the adjustments are. Bijan, like it's not complicated. It's like, yeah, that's perfect. Buy low, sell high situation and selling high on the Cardinals. What a time to be alive. It's a good call. Right. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, speaking of things I like, or maybe I guess the flip side will be things I don't necessarily like 
it's what's going on with the Giants here as we switch to that game and a mega line here as the Giants are at the Cowboys, Cowboys laying 16 and a half points. And those that follow this pod know that I am not one to lay double digit spreads. Mm. This one is almost at 20 <laughs> and I am yeah. laying the 16 and a half points with the Dallas Cowboys. Your man's Tommy DeVito mm-hmm. is in the mix. He will be getting the start. My question is, I guess this just comes down to, is Dallas, does Dallas even have to be locked into this game? Like, is Dallas locked in knowing like, hey, we beat them already by 40 or whatever the score was? Or is this just a game where they're like, let's just get through this and keep it close? But even if that's the case, how many points is Tommy DeVito going to put up here? Right? I don't know. Yeah, This is a tough one for me. I'm listen as of Wednesday afternoon. I'm not positive it is Tommy DeVito because oh. your man, you're one of your all time favorites. I'm just kidding. Tyrod. Uh, no, Tyrod's, oh. Tyrod's on a gurney somewhere. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if they've released him from hospital um, because of the Poor Giants' Tyrod. offensive line will just will kill you. Um, no, Matt Barkley, your man's Matt Barkley is on, has dude. been activated, signed from the practice squad. And honestly, if you've watched, you know, Tommy DeVito. Um, who wasn't particularly good at Syracuse, by the way, uh, if you've seen him play quarterback at any point in our lives, you'd be like, yeah, maybe Matt Barkley, right? Like you would probably have that sort of same same feeling. Uh, one of the reasons that I mentioned beyond it absolutely fitting the situation for the Cardinals uh, and the sort of the floor, if you will, for a team rating is we got to bump. We just got to, we just got to bump the Giants to the bottom, right? I'm not going to, I'm not throwing them through the floor, right? I'm just putting them at the bottom, which is 20, 20 out of a hundred. Cool. And the reason that we'll keep them at the absolute bottom. I mean, the reason we're putting them at the bottom is obvious, but the reason we're going to keep them at the, at the absolute bottom is a couple is a couple fold. Um, offensive line did get a little bit healthy, even though again, unfortunately, Daniel Jones got hurt anyway. Uh, Saquon Barkley is still on the team. And so as much as we don't like the giants over the course of, you know, this season, you have to remember that Saquon, Saquon Barkley was not involved in a lot of those games. Um, the other thing is, is every time DeVito has come in, it has been in the middle of a game because of an injury. Yeah. The aforementioned Tarod and, of course, Daniel Jones. The quarterback, for what, however much, is always better or is in a better position to succeed, however that may be, <laughs> after a week of practice. Correct being the guy in the meetings who's getting quizzed on the plays, being the guy who's practicing with the ones all week, knowing on Sunday night that the following week you are starting an NFL football game. So that is how we get to 20. That's why we're not at 15. Which I can mean, I know Clayton Toon, what's Clayton Toon's excuse, right? Like same situation. Mm -hmm. So again, grain of salt. This is not me making a massive argument because we have I was to, gonna we have to say, make it I don't I want that. Say, I don't tried to talk to me into taking the Giants. I'm just 16 I'm and a half. Just, <laughs> these are facts. Okay. Uh, Cow- Cowboys rating, right, has pretty steadily been in the high 60s, right? That borderline okay. of like, are they a contender? Are they not? Right. If you want to yeah, literally yeah. quantify that, just mm-hmm. put that as like a high 60s type of a team. Sure. Um, a team that's like we're, they're definitely in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. can they beat the Eagles, the 49ers, or you know, whatever sort of similar ranked rated teams, Lions come playoff time? Yeah, you do that math, you, you throw that into the pot, and you come up with 14 and a half for this point spread. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. That's that's okay. kind of that's kind of it. That's kind of all I got for you, right? <laughs> it's not, dude. There's no, no it's one's fourteen and a half, and the line is sixteen and a half. Like, move the women and children. Like, have to hit the jai guys. Like, yeah. that's not what this is. It's literally telling you, okay, we got them at the. It's not technically, it's not rock bottom for the Giants because we made the case of how, like, why it might not be the rock bottom. But it's pretty damn close. But it's the floor. You're hearing the rocks music. Right? We are, yeah. Like we're on the bot. We're in the basement. We're yeah. like, is there a, is there another level underneath? And you're like, well, there's a trap door right there. And like the trap door, like Clayton Tune is down there, just yeah. throwing a football around. And it's just like, okay, man, you got to get to Clayton Tune Cardinals levels if this is going to be the quote unquote correct point spread. Yeah, and so I, mean, I get it because like the Cowboys love beating up on these sorts of teams and you can easily be like, oh man, another pick six and like this, that or whatever. I get it. I have not bet this at plus 16 and a half, which is again, fundam fundamentally the point of why I'm like explaining to you this deal, but I'm not like stamping on, you know, stomping on the table or, you know, or the floor. Um, 17, I might. Plus seven Giants plus 17. I probably make a sort of very standard bet, one bet, right? Like a I'm, unit. There's nothing I'm gonna say to counter that. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, you know what, people, there's probably better ways for you to spend your money Absolutely. if you're laying your money this weekend on the NFL. And it's worth mentioning if yeah, obviously, if you have the Cowboys to use them, this would be your survivor pick. Um, yeah. my survivor column went out this morning. Those of you check that out. We have already used the Cowboys, and I should have mentioned when we talked about the Bengals, the Bengals are the survivor pick of the week for those of you who have been following along up until this point. And you know what? It's uh, week 10, and so things are getting a little dicey when it comes to the old survivor picks. Things are getting a little dicey when we get to Sunday night football as we got the Jets and the Raiders. Um, Jets are favored by a point and a half on the road. The Jets cannot protect Zach Wilson long enough for him to look beyond a check down. But honestly, I'm also not about to buy into the Raiders after they celebrated like they won a championship. <laughs> they, they look like they celebrated more than the Las Vegas mm -hmm. Aces after right. they won the WNBA championship. The Raiders had the cigars out. They were like, that was just a weird flex. But okay, cool, coach bump, whatever. All yeah. that fun stuff. Um, as I look at this one here, it's tough. I don't, I really don't know what to make of this game. I'm on the Raiders plus the point and a half, but realistically, like, I don't know what I'm going to see from the Raiders this week after their celebration last week. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, obviously you go, okay, they get the coach bump, right? We had the Jeff Saturday bump and all that worked. And honestly, I, you know, as the week went on, we talked about this and I'm like, did they hate Josh McDaniel? Like, oh yeah, no, they did. Yeah. Oh, they did hate him. They you're really like, did. Oh, oh, jeez. Okay. All right. Well, you know, they hated him so much that, that Davis ate that money, which we didn't really think that he would do because he's yeah. still probably, well, he's he still is money from yeah. John Gruden, right? So it's like, bro, how much, how much money can you be eating on coaches to not coach your right. team? It's not a good look. Maybe yeah. Becky Hammond can coach the football team, right? You know, she's yeah. got some time. She's free Definitely. right now. She's Enjoy. already under contract. I don't know if Antonio Pierce, like if that, if the, if the headset's even plugged in, I don't even know if it matters. Right. Because if Antonio <laughs> Pierce is just the vibe going with the Raiders, 
that's a pretty good setup. And I think the point that you made there about the offensive line, I think is the key here, right? Because all of these teams sort of seem like the same, i.e. the 42, you know, club. But, you know, by the way, if these two teams are the same and the Jets are favored on the road, then like that's reason to take the Raiders, right? Because this line suggests the Jets are, you know, somewhat notably better than the Raiders. And again, if the, we're basing everything off of the, the Josh McDaniels or Josh McDaniels Raiders, that's probably true. Now, if all of these guys, and I don't know if you saw the clip of you know Devonte Adams being at an NBA game and the and the official saying you know talking to him about it, and like Devonte Adams is like yeah night and day man or like so much better vibes and like blah blah blah. My like, question was, how does the ref have such good seats? That was my question. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I'm section whatever midfield. I'm like, hold right. on a second here. Got in early <laughs> on the move, man. Got in early on the move. So you just go. Okay, and like this is a Raiders team that, by the way, has what four wins now this season, or or, or three. They're, four, right. they're right? somehow not out of it. No, yeah, and going into the season, this was a team that was like, you know, a seven win expectation type team. Like that was their win total, right? So this wasn't a team that's like it's not the Cardinals where it's like, oh, there's actually no talent. Mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell is not, honestly, Aiden O'Connell is better than Tommy DeVito, was better in college than Tommy DeVito. If you told me mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell, you know, I, I would have told you that Aiden Connell was a better quarterback than Zach, uh, than uh, than Brock Purdy coming out yeah. of college. Yeah, yeah, Right? Like there's, that's just kind of, you know, so it's like. You can also <laughs> tell, much like you were saying, they yeah. disliked McDaniels. I feel like you can tell yeah, that they yeah. dislike Garoppolo too. For sure. Like the offensive guys, whether it was Jacobs or Devontae Adams, both seem to be talking up Aiden O'Connell mm-hmm. the last few weeks, even when they went back to Garoppolo. Listen, as somebody who suffers it himself, people don't like the good looking guy, right? They just don't. <laughs> so, uh, but honestly, they probably don't like the guy who's like in and out of the lineup and he's got like a back injury. And it's like, and you know, these things are like, oh, he's off this week. He's not on, the, you know, he's off, you know, he's back on this week. It's like, you know what, if you're injured, like, you should be out for the entire, you know, for a month or something like that. Like, I don't, I don't know. This is all speculation. Point is, it's like when you're looking at these games and these teams, this isn't like the Colts last year, where it's like, man, you're looking around, like, it's really not much talent here. The offensive line's playing bad. Like there's no, nothing, you know, you got nothing on the defense. Matt Ryan is super washed up to the point where he's in the booth now. It's like, you know, what are you supposed to like with the Colts? And you could see that that like one boost probably had a lot to do with the Raiders. And so it's very easy to say, like, this one boost with the Raiders have had a lot to do with the Giants. It's just like, you're also getting the Jets coming to town. And you mentioned with the offensive line, it's like, who's the best player on the Raiders, probably? And the answer is Max Crosby. You know? And it's like, if these guys somehow make the playoffs, by the way, Max Crosby is going to be in the mix for defensive player of the year sort of consideration. And I think his odds are like 20-something to one. The problem is there's three dudes standing in all these guys' way who would have normally have a case but these guys are kind of entrenched, the three guys that I mentioned before. And so you, you look at the schedule and you go, okay, like, is this where it all kind of falls apart for the Raiders or are the vibes still cooking to the point where they can win this game and they can throw Zach Wilson around? And you kind of go like, yeah, but it's like, well, when is it all going to fall apart? Then you look at the schedule and you look at week 11 and you see a trip to the Miami Dolphins <laughs> and you go, oh, that's when it's all going to fall. <laughs> it, it's like it can go one more week, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's not like the, you know. I think the Colts. I think the Colts, if I'm not mistaken, they went home and they faced the Eagles the next mm. week, and they lost to the Eagles. But it was a close game. They covered that. So it's like they still had the quote unquote vibes, 
problem is they went up against a Super Bowl caliber team the next week. Yeah. So the Raiders, I think, have the vibes, but they're going up against the New York Jets. And like, that's a way better setup. Whereas next week they go on the road and they get a Super Bowl caliber team in the Dolphins. And I think that probably goes well. And by the way, if they win this game outright, maybe we get a better number on those Dolphins next week. And how sweet would that be? If we get something less than 10, I'd be all about it. I like that for sure. Going against the Jets and getting the opportunity to say, can Aaron Rodgers just go bleep himself? Um, as we move uh, on to... Counterpoint, betting take. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, comeback player of the year. If you can get it anything higher than 20 to 1, guess what gets way more interesting as he makes this comeback? Now, Shell, you're doing that thing right now. You're doing the media guy thing. I'm going to stop you no, right there. No, you're doing no. You're doing media guy thing because you're like, I hate Aaron Rodgers. And you're doing fan slash media thing. And you know what? That's fine. I don't like Aaron Rodgers all that much either. But you know what? <laughs> We're in here. This is business, okay? <laughs> business at that doorway. Business hold at on, that on, in that on. studio. And business is betting Aaron Rodgers in a season where there's no clear comeback player of the year. The favorite for the award doesn't even play football <laughs> on a week-to-week basis. And we talked about that before the season when he was minus three-something or minus eight-something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's down to even money because people are re- realizing that this guy doesn't even play. The comeback player of the year is wide open. And if there is anything that is comeback player of the year E, it's slowly watching the progression of the Jets hang around and mm-hmm. and have their eyes set on the seventh seed, a playoff spot, and have Aaron Rodgers willfully showing up to games, throwing 50-yard passes, telling Derwin James, give me a few weeks. We don't even need a few weeks. We need give two months. Week 17, week 18, Aaron Rodgers quite literally comes back. And when it comes time to vote on this, in mid to early January, guess who's going to be really into the comeback story of Aaron Rodgers? Me and you, because we are going to be rolling in money. And like, guess what? When we're rolling in money because of a guy, I like him a lot more. I don't know Aaron Rodgers. I've never met Aaron Rodgers. I don't really want to. But the point is, if we're hitting 20 to 1, by the way, I already got it at 66 to 1. But if we're hitting 20 to 1 type stuff here on a guy, because he's such a egomaniac that he wants to come back that he thinks he can come back and by the way it kind of looks like he could come back and it's two months away by now dude it's time to change your attitude out there folks about aaron Rodgers. he is a dollar sign to us right now listen it's not about any of that i applaud him for taking a risk and taking a different means of trying to get back quickly to help his team i applaud him for that i say that is a really good thing to do you just don't got to do it all up in the video, as Snoop would say. It's all marketing, right? Like that's what I'm, award. We oh, want. That's what I don't marketing. like. I want him on twice a week on that. <laughs> no, I want cameras no. following him around. I want the. Rem- yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm removing the storyline aspect from like. Listen, obviously, it's going to be crazy. Him returning way early, and him like hustling back to get back for his team and try to give them a playoff push when you thought he was going to be up for the year. That is a great story. The shot and what I don't shot? like is that he is all up in the video every we single week. Like we you're practicing every week. Cool. You know, when you don't need to be throwing the ga- throwing balls before the game, we when all it. the cameras are out there filming, we need to be it. diddying this. And you're just throwing the, you're just throwing a football. 
there's a long distance between you throwing a pass and you playing quarterback in an NFL game. That is a long ways away. Now, could it be two months away? Could it be two months away? Okay, cool. You can talk me into that. But do that on the sidelines. Do that in practice. Do that like not before the game. That's this the whole thing is marketing. Say. The whole comeback player of the year award is marketing. It is storyline. It is heartstrings. It is, I can't believe this guy did it. He called mm-hmm. it the week, like the day after he got hurt. He's like, I'll be back. We're like, ha ha ha. You're an idiot. You're a clown. Then yeah, he is going to throw football. Like, I don't like, what does it hurt? It doesn't hurt us. All I'm saying is it, it doesn't tell me anything. The fact that he's able to throw a football right now really, doesn't tell me. It doesn't, it doesn't make me bad. It tells me I need to make this bet. Like I no, and no. I don't have to hear like hearsay and conjecture. Oh, did you hear Aaron Rodgers was in practice? Oh, he no, no, threw no. a 56 yard pass. It's like, get out there, man. Let me know. Show We're me. talking Let about two different that. things. We're talking about two different things. I'm not saying That's that you shouldn't point. be I'm not saying that you shouldn't be betting on him. I'm not saying any of that. But those two things are connected. No, I'm saying that him doing it in front of the camera showing me that he can throw a football doesn't tell me that he's going to be ready to to play again this season. Oh, how doesn't it? Because he could be doing that and not on camera. There could just be a report that, hey, Aaron Rodgers is throwing a football and they show it to me on Thursday in practice. And I would be like, oh, okay, cool. He's doing all right. But the but fact that's... that he feels the need to come out before the game, yes. it's it's very much the only thing worse was Russell Wilson doing the fake huddles before the cameras and showing us that he can like call a huddle by himself in front of all the, the cameras. But there was before. unfortunately for us, there was nothing we could bet on at astronomical <laughs> odds to take advantage of Russell Wilson's marketing ridiculousness. By the way, Russell Wilson's an interest. We're gonna well listen, we'll talk about Russell Wilson in a second here because we still have another game to go. Like the point is because this guy is doing this, it is getting in front of it, right? We are a it's it's giving us a hint that he's going to do this. We can, for our very own eyes, see him literally progress every time. I, I love when the Jets are on prime time because I'm like, <laughs> sweet, I get to get a check-in with my man Raj to see if he can C-O-P-C-P-O-T-Y this situation, right? And so every time he does it, I love it. I'm like, okay, Raj is throwing at 56 yards. That's awesome. I skim. I don't really like it as far as like if it wasn't a money-making opportunity here. But if he's going to – if he's li- he's quite literally campaigning for – the greatest comeback that we've ever seen. And we get to bet on this stuff. Question for you. Is there a world, is there a world in which the jets don't medically clear him? No. No, I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. We need to, and and the set and the really, honestly, the bummer, all of this is, (sighs) is if we bet on the Raiders here and the Raiders win, it's another loss in the jets loss column. And the jet, we got to get Jets wins wherever we can get them. And you know <laughs> what I mean? And so, like, honestly, if, like, the downside here, because of how much money I have on Aaron Rodgers doing comeback player of the year, and the odds that I do, if the downside is here with this plus one and a half, I mean, God, imagine if it, they landed exactly on one. No, if the Jets win this game and I lose this bet this week, it just means we are that much closer to motivated Rodgers coming back here beyond just his ego. So like, yeah, man, how often do we get to see somebody's ego and literally get to bet on that person being a maniac? No, no, no. I get Never. It. I'm just I saying don't... there's also a more likely scenario that Aaron Rodgers continues to do this charade for us. And then it's like either, well, it's not my fault I couldn't come back. The team just wasn't good enough down the stretch really? or they won't medically clear me. But I'm just saying like, there's just some like 
world in which yeah. he's a superhuman. But hey, guys, it's not my fault. I, I was ready to go. But, you know, and if we just can't odds- risk it. And if the odds for this, honestly, it's 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 the sort of inverse of the Demar Hamlin story, right? Where it's awkward Ooh, because the Demar Hamlin story is like, we don't want to say like, oh, we're betting against Demar Hamlin because like, we all obviously all feel really good about the Demar Hamlin story, but like, he's not going to win Comeback Player of the Year if he doesn't actually play in any games or is you know effective in any way, especially when a guy comes back from an Achilles. And potentially, I don't even know if he has to win the games, to be honest with you, but like potentially leads his team or saves the season for the Jets. And the point is, is like, DeMar Hamlin's even money. Never. If it was Aaron Rodgers at even money, never. So this isn't a situation where like, oh man, got to bet so much money on Aaron Rodgers. And then when he screws me at the end by bailing out, like I lost all this money. It's all top end stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. all just throw five bucks on a guy at 50 to one. And if he, and if he cashes, it's 250 bucks. And if he doesn't, okay, don't, you, you know, you're like, Oh, that's, that sucks. That's too bad. But you know what? I tell you right now, shell, if you get off this podcast right now and you go to your favorite uh, sports book and you place a little wager on Aaron Rodgers for comeback player of the year, you give it a couple of days and we'll see how your attitude changes about like being into the Aaron Rodgers thing. And you're saying it right now. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm not going to do it because I'm stubborn and I'm more stubborn than uh, <laughs> Arthur Smith. And like, I'm never going to play B. John Robinson and all of that stuff. But like, if you went and you did it and you hit the button, guess what, man, you're going to be on the edge of your seat when the jets play. Well, they're playing in, what am I talking about? They're playing on Sunday night football. Six yard <laughs> oh, throws. Seventy yard throws. <laughs> I want to see him. If he rolls out and throws this week, come on now, let's get into it. Shell, hit the button. Here's the thing, come for the ride. Just Here's the it. one real risk, though. He can't do too much because imagine if he's like trying to roll out and then he fucks something up and falls in front of everyone okay. on camera. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, at least we'll know, right? At that point. <laughs> At least we'll know what. No, up. but I mean, he can't risk too much, is what I'm saying, right? No, like, but he's... that's a serious injury. Like, he can't risk and try to do like way like, too much in front of this, in front of the cameras, is what I'm saying. This is a guy, let's say he gets back on the field and it's four months almost to the day. And it's week 17, which I believe is like December. I think it's literally New Year's Eve is week 17. So there'll be two games left in the season. So he comes back New Year's Eve. They played on, what was it, September 11th, right? So it's almost, you know, whatever that is, three and three quarter months. Let's say he shreds the absolute bleep out of that Achilles coming back. Mm-hmm. He's got eight more months to redo the rehab. Yeah. Like, who cares? Like, he's 40 years old, by the way. This isn't like, oh, man, he's going to ruin this, like, promising career. No, 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 no. Like, this is it, dude. This is the swan song. I'm looking up the odds right now at a very popular book. I'm clicking on the thing. 25 to 1 at a very popular book that I know you have access to. <laughs> you make, I, a, good, you make a good living throw listen. 50 bucks on that and tell me you aren't all, have flipped and are super don't shake your head put 20, bucks, not, on, put 20 bucks on it and tell me that your entire attitude doesn't shift by sunday night and you're sitting there going like hope rog like when does he you know when does he roll stuff out let's you know see him backpedal a little bit harder let's you know all i'm gonna say is that aaron Rodgers can go bleep himself fair and i will also say that i am not big time enough i'm not bomani jones so i'm not able to give my actual thoughts on damar hamlin but i will just say 
go listen to what Bomani Jones had to say about this Damar Hamlin situation and about how weird it is watching that as well. So all of the above in terms of these primetime games and what's happening and comeback player of the year, I'm grossed out by a lot of it. We'll just say that. Gets a lot less gross when all of a sudden you've got four figures riding on a potential return of the biggest <laughs> egomaniac maybe in the history of the sport. Listen, I've said it before on this pod. I've quoted Kevin O'Leary before, right? My money has no emotions, right? That's what the line should be. And okay. I get it. And I understand well, it. I, I'm not talking you out of it. I'm not I'm talking not, you out of it. I'm not. We, there isn't. It's already, <laughs> I'm already in it. There's no out of it. I'm the one talking you in it. I'm telling you to come on in and get in the pool. It's, it's, it's I want delightful. people to message us and tell us that they've actually done this bet too. Yes. Um, let's okay, wrap this if up. You've made it almost two hours in this podcast. Please <laughs> message us, DM one of us, DM the the clutch uh, points people. <laughs> like, let's you know, I want people showing tickets, and I want showing um, tickets Christmas Eve when Raj is on the field with three weeks to go because the Jets are six and what would they have to be six and eight. Six and eight is, are they playing? You know what I mean? Is, is he coming back at six and eight with three games to go? Ooh, come on, shell get in the pool, buddy. Water's warm. 25 uh, to one. We'll call that the cutoff price. So he just has to come back, play one game and he wins. Well, so that's the thing. Like he doesn't right? have to like, play well. He doesn't have to like lead them to the playoffs. He just well, has to like football handicapping element comes in because if you watch any of these games, like, isn't the only thing missing, like, you know, salient quarterback play <laughs> from the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, isn't yeah. that like kind of it? Like he gets so, hurt on the first play. It gets much listen, like it's exactly, <laughs> no, even money. That. And you had to put up like a, a, a legitimate stake. Then we'd be I like, understand. no, we're not doing that. I understand. 25 I, understand. To one. I just, I just told you 20 bucks. <laughs> you got it lying around. There's probably some in those shoes back there. It was probably just a 20. And then I was going to like reach out my desk right now. And I'm not going to do that. Cause that would have been a very ignorant move to do on do the it. pod. Um, I don't know where we're at right now. <laughs> Broncos Broncos at bills Monday night football. There's one last game here. Um, the bills really laying seven and a half points. Seems like a lot Broncos coming off a bye. If we are to see the Broncos play well, or better than they have been you would think that it would come now coming off the bye week against the buffalo team that's not really clicking on all cylinders we'll say so for that reason give me the broncos i will take the points here i'm not entirely sure you're going to need the points in this game Ooh wee. i gotta tell you like the the and listen you said like are they, are they gonna this is the time for them to play better like play better than beating the chiefs like pretty decently handily like yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah. good right and mm -hmm. you know they uh they beat the week before that oh the packers they beat the packers a week before that they can be uh, confident speaking of comeback player of the year as we all you know we're going to allude to like if there was a geno smith and this is super ironic and like signs that we're living in a simulation if there was a geno smith type award nominee isn't it russell wilson Look at his stats, man. Like, they're sneaky good. I think it's like 16 to 5, like TD, INT ratio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the whole thing, like, everybody does the thing, right, where it's like, oh, man, Sean Payton, Broncos going to turn it around. Sean Payton's going to get it done. And then, like, when the first five or six games don't go great, because Russell Wilson is playing only okay, which honestly was so much better than last year, 
and the defense is terrible, but nobody bothers to check the depth chart to notice that like Justin Simmons isn't playing and like the middle linebacker is out and the defensive line is ravaged and all of that stuff. And then the Broncos, you know, start the season like two and five or whatever it was that they started the year. And everybody just like goes, oh, so like the coaching change is supposed to be, a, you know, an immediate result type change. Like this isn't the, you know, isn't the Antonio Pierce boost, right? This is like, it's going to take a minute or it's supposed to take a minute. It'd be pretty wild if all of a sudden Russell Wilson was awesome again and the defense was really good. And like Sean Payton off of a year of not coaching, like he just got everybody to buy in and, and they had everything sort of lined up and like how, considering how difficult it is to get that kind of thing lined up. So like, why wouldn't a couple of weeks where there are what now three wins this season, why wouldn't it take a couple of weeks? And by the way, there's a one point loss to the Raiders there. There's a two point loss to the commanders. This could be a five win team right now. They've got to win over the chiefs. I mean, yeah, the Dolphins thing, that was ugly. But, like, again, like, that's a one-game circumstance where things kind of got off the rails. Look at the schedule coming up, man. At Buffalo, which, okay, like, obviously they're a pretty significant underdog. But, like, I don't need to do my Buffalo Bills speech again. We have been catching the bleep out of fading the Buffalo Bills for the last five weeks, right? We already been down the thing, right? The injuries, all that sort of thing, the Bills being overrated, et cetera, et cetera. The Bills are probably appropriately rated right now, though, again, like, they have to cover a game for us to officially anoint them as, like, not back, but, like, we've found the sort of floor with them. We are down into the mid-60s, the low mid to low 60s with the Bills from a rating perspective. We don't need to go back over that as much as I already did. This is about the Broncos potentially being a better-than-average football team going forward. Mm-hmm. And they are being rated in that 42 club, or at least sort of around that 42 club, which is below average. There's enough here that this might be a better-than-average team who, again, faces the Bills this week, then gets the Vikings at home. And as much as we like the Vikings this week, don't necessarily love them in Denver two weeks from now. Then they get the Browns at home. Who knows what version of the Browns we might get. Then they get the Texans. Then they get the Chargers. You're telling me they couldn't win those two games? And then mm-hmm. it finishes off. There's a there's a trip to Detroit, which will be which will be tough, obviously. But then it's Patriots, Chargers again, and Raiders. Yeah. Of all those games, like what's the one that they're definitely losing? Like the Lions? Mm-hmm. This might be, and I'm not gonna say it's the start because they had their bye week and that's something. And they obviously beat the Chiefs and that's something, and they have a two-game win streak, and that's something. What if the Broncos are? To quote a famous NFL phrase, who we thought they are, or who they thought they would be, or that, you know, who they thought they might be, it just took them six or seven weeks. Mm-hmm. We're getting them plus seven and a half and plus 250, something along those lines, on a money line against a Bills team that at this point, I don't trust to beat an average ish to maybe above average type team, whole yeah. road, wherever you want to play it. So yes, this is absolutely Broncos plus seven and a half. There was even some eights available earlier this week, but seven and a half is good. And if you don't think that they're going to be the conclusion of the round robin underdog money line parlay this week, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> and honestly, listen, I shouldn't say I don't care what happens because they could get blown out by the Bills this week, and that changes everything going forward potentially. But I think this is a little bron- this team is a little you know speaking of Broncos, this is a team we're going to be riding here for the next few weeks because they got some pretty nice matchups and they're not being rated like a team that might actually sneak in to the playoffs and might be one of these teams that the Jets are going to have to um, beat out for that final playoff spot in the AFC. Yeah, craziness indeed. And of course, anytime you're telling me you got a decent chance of winning and I can get seven and a half points, I'm going to gladly take 
all of those points. Uh, but in the meantime, between time, all of these games kicking off this weekend, where can the good people find you to find the information that they so crave? Yeah, man, celebrating and commiserating over at at, at Emros Authentic on Twitter. And of course, the app is the score right at the top. You'll see literally the word top just to the left of that. There's a little tab that says betting. And that's that's where we hang out, man. We got obviously NBA cooking there with my guy, Sam Ostry. We got the NHL going with Todd Cordell and myself. And of course, college football and the NFL um, largely my department. And so everything I write is over there at the score app. You probably have it on your phone for score checking purposes. Get in on it. Bet mode. It's where we are. You can find me on Twitter at shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, thank you to everyone liking and subscribing wherever you get the podcast and, you know, send us messages, send us your comments and questions. We love to hear from you your all Aaron as tickets. always. Yes, the Aaron Rodgers tickets, definitely. That's the thing we want to hear about for sure. As I always say, I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this. This is a Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.